Hi, everybody, and welcome to another movie special of Games My Mom Found, if we're still alive when you hear this recording. I am Mike Halberton, <laughs> and who's with me tonight? Sergio Hughes. Jedi Master Emmanuel Santiago. Peter Bingham Pancrats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 we have a whole podcast just going, ooh, you know, back and forth, like for 20 minutes. Yeah. It works in this movie. <laughs> I don't know what was better there the, the, the noise or the anticipation. <laughs> I wasn't so, expecting it. I'm Kendall. I'm Kendall. I'm, uh. I, we can, you know. You can either put Chewbacca or Han Solo on the phone. Uh, uh, you need to do with uh, a, uh, the first four uh, minutes of this movie, which is just. Uh, oh, God. Uh, All right. Before we get there, um, Kendall, if you want to go first, where my people might know you from. So you can find everything I do at KendallCast.Ninja. It's a, a sort of podcast network vanity project type thing where I do lots of podcasts. Oh, I know him. Um, Emmanuel, how about you? Well, you folks can find me over at youtube.com slash Commander Lionheart or twitch.tv slash Commander Lionheart. I'm currently doing a Star Wars playthrough, so, you know, since we're doing Star Wars now, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Is that the SNES Star Wars? No, the new one. Uh, it Jedi. should be. Uh, Fallen Order? Yeah, Fallen Order. It's pretty good. It looks good. All right, and Peter, how about you? You can find me at peterbp.com, or if you look for The Fifth Civilization on Amazon, that is my first novel. Buy it on Kindle or physical copies and love it. Available now. <laughs> Available now. It is. <laughs> all right, now that we got the introductions taken care of, and I know you guys would probably, a lot of, any longtime listeners will recognize all three of these other voices because they have been guests on, uh, on other episodes. And we're bringing you a real special tonight. As you would mm-hmm. a title, it's going to say Star Wars Holiday Special. You might be thinking, oh, they're doing a special Star Wars episode. Well, mm-hmm. I bet you we are. We're covering a movie that some people don't even know exists. I wish uh, I didn't know exists. I Star wish Wars it didn't Holiday exist. Special. George Lucas, <laughs> 19... wishes you didn't know it exists. <laughs> 1978. Yeah. yeah. Now you know. "Quote unquote movie." It's not even a movie. It's a it's not variety a show. It's a special, yeah. It's, it's a variety a... show holiday special. It's something <laughs> which was never re-aired and never reprinted. And the only reason we see it is because of heroes out there that. Okay, I, <laughs> I, I want to. Has done a podcast about it before in the history of podcasts, so I yeah, think brand really new idea. There's some new ground here. <laughs> okay, before we start, I want to just say I'm sorry. <laughs> To everyone in the podcast right now, because this was my fault, because yep. I was the one that <laughs> gave the idea to Mike a couple of months ago. Didn't think the son of a bitch would actually do it, but <laughs> well, but it was, it was happened, nice <laughs> I had made a joke about it in the origin special back when we still had yep. DJ part of the group, and I had yep. forgotten I made the joke. You listened uh, to it and were like, "Hey, when you do that, count me." And I'm like, "I said that, okay." And then, <laughs> yeah, here we are. And I regret it. For months now, <laughs> Stefan and I have been worrying that Mike would remember what he said. <laughs> so, for the record, I like the holiday special. Yes, I do. How? How? Why? Oh, man. What? The freaking Good Night yep. and Goodbye is such a great song. Be yep. Arthur, Art Carney. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's favorite Star Wars characters. Yeah, Arthur, Art Carney, Harvey Corman, oh, <laughs> Jefferson yes. Starship, okay. Diane um, so Carroll. 
So my cat, this is how much I know. This is how much I love the holiday special. My cat, you know what her name is? The it's Ivaka. It is Akmina. Akmina. B. Arthur's character. Oh. B. Arthur's character is Akmina. That is that is my cat's name. You don't remember Akmina? She's the only one with any screen presence. Well, going going by by your thing, I named my combi that I caught last night in Pokemon Sword B. Arthur. So <laughs> we're almost there. Oh, I'm gonna have to go get like a Beedrill name there, Arthur. <laughs> this special is just well, one, anyone who who we all watch it through, well, all of us but one but one watch this on YouTube. Because that is the only way to watch it nowadays, except somebody has this on DVD somehow. Yes, and I was I, like, <laughs> I have, yeah, I have it on DVD. I, I got it. it is, Why am I not oh, surprised? It's a bootleg. I mean, it's a bootleg copy that I got at a, at a comic convention. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But yes, I do have it on DVD. And uh, so I've got a question for you guys. The version that you guys watch, because you guys all watched the same version, I'm assuming from that link. Did it have commercials? Uh, no. no, I have oh, watched a version with commercials before, though, because it was I watched a before it was on YouTube. <laughs> they right. you used to have to go to like, I think it was on like Daily Wire or something at some point or and like Vimeo. People just love uploading this so that it's out there. And so I the watched first... one that was much yeah. to George Lucas dismay. Yeah, I watched one that was a full TV recording. They had not yeah. edited it down. It was all the commercials, because I can tell you that uh, was if like flying by wire comes on after this, because mm. <laughs> you hear at the end of it all the time. Coming um, yeah. up next on so and so, flying by wire. <laughs> Actually, it did have like a before it started. It said that the Incredible Hulk will not be aired tonight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you guys probably you guys probably saw the version that I watched in theater in a theater. Um, the no, first time. No. so technically it wasn't in an, it was in the it was in the bar of a theater and they and they included the commercials in that cut which like people are like oh you gotta conclude the commercials for the full experience because like you see you know that's the best part seeing the 1970s commercials that is the wrong way to watch it the pacing oh. is much better if if you cut the commercials out that's i mean yeah. that's why it's that because it's that like tight 90 minutes instead of Stretching out to two hours. The only but of which there were just five seconds. I love watching happy. the TV edit of any movie though, because if you watch a TV edit of a movie on like a DVD, <laughs> it still does like the fade to black. Yep. Like that was a big thing in the seventies, the fade to black, so mm -hmm. a commercial could play during this part. And yeah. in this, and in this part specific, in this, in this thing is specifically. <laughs> Mike, you a. You you uh, assume too much because I have the DVD as well, and that's how I. Oh God, not another. <laughs> I should have known that. It DVD. It has oh, it also has troops and hardware wars on it, so you know you get yes, the full Star Wars. Troops. That's the same. That's the same thing that mine has on it as well. Right, and <laughs> it has uh, and it has a Saturday Night Live sketch of uh, the Bill Murray one. No, no, um, oh. crap. Uh, what's his name? The the guy that was on House of Cards. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey doing oh. a bunch of impressions of celebrities as they oh. were, as if they were auditioning for Star Wars. I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yes. Uh, Bill Murray SNL thing. Star Wars. Yeah, uh, yes. that's, Star that's nothing the, but um, Star Wars. That's oh, part of the opening theme for my other podcast for my Star Wars. <laughs> is it really? Oh, nice. Yes. It, I uh, always, it, I always use that when I do Star Wars videos, actually. Yeah, it starts. It's with uh, it. Actually, it's it's that, and it's the uh, the thing that B. Arthur says at the beginning. This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited. From <laughs> this. 
Uh, yeah. So we'll get, we'll get to that. I think that's the best. I mean, that's the best scene in, in this, in the whole thing. But, yeah. is it, I love that this, is, is, this is a variety show in within the star Wars universe. That also is part of the story of the star Wars universe. It makes no sense. It's, <laughs> okay. We should talk. We should we say, so you guys have it on DVD. Has anybody else watched it before besides the three of us? Because I've mentioned before the show, I watched it. Um, this is the sixth time for me watching this. I, this is the first time I've watched. I it. saw it four years ago. I saw it once. Okay. I, I don't. I was. So yeah, I just remember watching it. it once. But yeah, I. I, only, I, I didn't know it as well as you guys. I've seen others comment about it and review it. Quote unquote, but I've never seen it myself <laughs> until today when I, God damn it, one out of one and a half of pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this is te- this is my fifth or sixth viewing because the year that I got it, um, I watched it at my birthday, and I watched it, <laughs> uh, and I watched it with uh, on Thanksgiving with my in-laws, and then I, really I actually them. did another podcast about it. <laughs> did um, they so disown you from your family? <laughs> no, they got a kick about. out of it. <laughs> That's oh, the, like, uh, oh, is that a Bob Mackie? That's the joy. Her, her, her outfit in in the in the Wookie porn scene. Oh, the, oh god! No. Oh, that's no. the joy of the holiday special, though, is that everyone tends to have the same reaction to it. You watch it once, and you're like, "What is this shit?" And then, like a year later, you'll want to show it to somebody for the first time. It's like. It's like a bad smell or something where you're like, hey, check this out. Like you're just throwing it's this awful thing that no one should enjoy, but you're just throwing it out there. It's it's so much fun to show to show other people. And I think that it's one of those things. It's kind of like watching sports. It's like it's really boring if you just watch it by yourself. But if you're around people and you have some drinks and stuff and, you know, you can so you can just kind of talk through the boring parts Mm -hmm. and then then, you know, wait, wait, no, this is the part. This is the part where he's like, it's just a groomer. And he's like, oh, well, I was going to, you know, I was I didn't want to insult you. You know, I, I don't like being insulted myself. I don't like being embarrassed. Thankfully, we're all needy, oh. empty people with podcasts so we can talk about it on air and deal with it that way. <laughs> force, oh, I do have a question. Listen to us experience. Early in this terrible movie, in quotation, they said, not Kashi, a movie. But they said, like, cash. They said it the wrong Kashi. way, or was it Kazuki. just me? They say Kashuk, I think. They say okay. Kazook. Kazook. Kazook as Kasuk? well. They say what? it a couple different ways within the special itself. <laughs> well, wasn't Kashuk even they? destroyed? Like, no. I, I no, no, thought no. when even around. in the original trilogy. Mm-mm. No, it's still okay. around. It got, no, in, it got yeah. invaded a lot. That's pretty much the only thing the planet does is get invaded. Yep. <laughs> as a planet, like, they don't really do anything else on Kashuk. They just fight off either like Zerka Corporation or a bunch of robots or a bunch of clone troopers. Yeah. I mean, the one, the one negative overall impact that this, that the holiday special had, cause it's otherwise excellent um, <laughs> is that, is that, uh, is, is that sorry, they, Kashyyyk, the Wookiee planet, whatever they wanted to call it, whatever they were going to call it at the time was going to be the planet. was going to be basically Endor. Yeah. Um, but, because of the but because of the the backlash after the holiday special they did ewoks instead which are way worse than <laughs> anything in this yeah seriously have you guys seen return of the jedi it's pretty it's the best movie 
It is it is by far the worst of all the Star Wars movies. All right, kick that. Oh, that, oh, that is this is where I ignite my lightsaber. Nope. I, I can't. <laughs> Attack nope. of the clones. Yeah, Attack of the Clones is the Attack worst. of the Clones is by far the worst. It is by far. Yes. Absolutely. As someone who goes back and watches all the Star Wars movie pretty much constantly throughout the year, that's pretty much all I do. I always <laughs> dread going to Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. It's the most I watch, unwatchable. Of I work, we've, we've, we, I, for the podcast, we watch each, you know, each of the movies one a month. Did an in-depth review. The only one, the only movie that I saw that I was disappointed in uh, was Return of the Jedi. Well, I'll say Return of the Jedi still has like some artistic merit, despite it being the like, space the most, battle. That is, yeah, the space battle. The like Luke's entire outfit. Where he's checking mm-hmm. out that black outfit on the entire time and it reveals mm-hmm. white at the end. Like that is a good that's good filmmaking in there. The and ground but the ground it. war on Endor ruins it. Yeah. There's I mean twelve stormtroopers. Uh, did you guys know that in the Star Wars universe a Legion is twelve? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, language is different in Star Wars. Uh <laughs> also also if you if you're pointing your blaster at hostages and then somebody uh does something, you just ignore you just keep pointing your blaster at the hostages and get killed. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, I think that I would much rather watch Return of the Jedi four, five, six more times than ever watch this movie again. So, exactly. You know, Thank you. My favorite Mike. Return of the Jedi uh, moment is when they have the fat stormtrooper with the big handlebar mustache that's walking in the background, and like when they when they're rounding up all the troopers, they pull out this big, like big ass dude with a handlebar mustache, like very very platinum blonde, <laughs> and it's just he stands out so much. Compared to all the other stormtroopers, we're like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he looks t- completely different than everybody oh, else. <laughs> I do have a question for you guys that maybe you can answer me. It can't, this couldn't have been just me. When I was watching the opening of this terrible thing, um, mm. why does why does Mark Hamill just look so off? Like okay, there's something just, he so, wrong. For those the hair, who don't know, yes, this is... He was okay, in an accident. So, yes, he there's a, a reason. Car accident. Yeah. Okay. In 1977, Mark Hamill was in a car accident. <laughs> and they had to actually re- part of what happened with that is that he got a big scar along his face mm-hmm. which is why in Empire Strikes Back he gets attacked by a wampa in the very beginning of the movie to explain the scar on his face that was all a reshoot to explain like the fact that he's got this big facial scar <laughs> and so when they did the holiday special they had to put a shitload of makeup on him and put his, push his hair like over his forehead and over his face and like Cover him okay. with steam. To, like, take away his eyebrows. <laughs> take make him super eyes. big. I don't know. One of his he eyes is like... Looks, <laughs> he looks like a Ken doll, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. He looks a little bit like he had a stroke, because one of his eyes is wide open, and you can tell he was on, like, painkillers or something. And his other I mean, eye is, like, droopy, and he can't really... He doesn't have full control over it yet. If you notice, everybody was on painkillers and that shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, Carrie Fisher was on painkillers for another reason. Carrie Fisher was on painkillers. <laughs> See, her eyes know. were not even aligned. They were like, Ugh. we have, well, we have a beautiful time capsule here. A very brief moment in time where, where Mark Hamill was in a terrible car accident and his face is all fucked up, and Carrie Fisher was doing tons and tons of blow Tony Montana style, and Harrison Ford had given up on acting, like. He gave like this is the moment where he stopped giving a shit about everything while also well, having an affair with Terry Fisher. As Kendall said on one of his episodes when he was talking about this this terrible <laughs> thing, 
he's right though. Harrison Ford did an did a decent job acting in this movie. I will say that. Like he he the only even though like the set doesn't look right. I felt he did okay. Like it, I, it fit. There are still scenes where he looks like he's drunk. I would argue oh, that, that Harrison yeah. Ford is just a naturally like he just has a naturally charismatic voice and a lot of presence. And he doesn't give a shit, but just the nature of him being him, that's what makes him seem like a good actor. So disagree, because he did a terrible job in The Force Awakens. Uh, well, he uh, he didn't. Well, he's also way older in Force Awakens. Yeah, I mean, and the two I guess, survived I guess, like four plane crashes that he caused. So, yeah, like <laughs> the, the thing is, I because I just watched The Force Awakens and then I watched this. Harrison Ford does a better job in the holiday special than he does in The Force Awakens. <laughs> He was way higher back then, so he had a lot more energy. <laughs> I, look, I guess it. I guess it goes both ways. Sometimes it makes you better. Sometimes it makes you worse. Look, back then he was doing cocaine. Now he's smoking a bunch of weed. So, it's you I know uppers and downers. So now he's chill. There was, there was one part where I couldn't hear anything you guys were saying. Um, <laughs> did we talk about? I, yeah. Oh, but for those that are listening, we are have today is the day that I made the joke in the beginning. Where like Microsoft and Skype are all crashing everywhere, oh, God, everywhere yeah. and somehow we get in this recording happen. That's so that's part of the joke. And I also Yeah. So Yeah, I'm looking at what the else I it's, thinking uh, over. It's not clearing up. Um we're having we trouble recording the, this. The first ten minutes of the Wookiee family. We've just mentioned that it's <sighs> the annoying noise. That's all we've mentioned is the oh, William That is it. all that we should mention about that bug. Uh, it's oh, like God, I got four minutes. That went on long. too it's long. It's like a full it's like a full two minute section where two minutes it felt like half an hour for me I don't yeah know. I I sure it was 10 minutes it's fucking it's 10 minutes the that Pretty lumpy sure. asshole making an x-wing <laughs> noise and also why is he okay does he have an x-wing toy it doesn't make sense he's got like an x-wing um, the, toy that I like mean... grandpa whittled for him and he's making yes. noise and flying around Rebels grandpa it. itchy's head May I remind Man, you, you got that a joke. The Force Awakens, there's a... No, no, wait. In Rogue One, there's a, a Stormtrooper doll, so... That's true. But they so, made that themselves, that clearly. Sense. This is like this is like it's, an Empire-licensed X-Wing toy. No, it's it's made oh. of uh, wood. I think that the grandpa was the yeah. one who like, carved it. Yeah, no? I agree. Yeah. I think the grandpa carved it. Yeah, or because he, like, he, like, carved carved on, he was working like, on one. Carved the carved the T-16 for Luke. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I just learned that in from yeah, a the E sixteen and I know you hope too. Why won't anyone uh, okay. in my AE, how uh, does know how old Lumpy is? Is it? Uh he is, is seven hundred years old. Probably. <laughs> okay. Wait, Lumpy isn't Lumpy the Lumpy's the, kid? the baby? Lumpy's yeah, Lumpy's the, kid. the baby. He's the kid. It, Itchy's the grandpa. Itchy's yeah. the grandpa. Mala is the the mother the only thing we know for sure is that lumpy is going through puberty because there's a line about <laughs> it towards the end where the harrison ford is like oh his voice is changing yeah that, that was <laughs> dumb could be like 40 I, for all we know in the opening scene when they have all the all the wookies talking as i watch it with my wife because i made her suffer through this crap and she was narrating for it and it worked out right she's like take out the garbage lumpy and you're like i don't want i want to play with my toy and he goes over to itchy <laughs> oh, like grandpa God. no i don't have to do it i'm yeah. like this is great like this so, makes sense. I'm I'm happy that Tiffany did that for you because look, I agree. This movie's great. The vast majority of like <laughs> like, not even kidding, like sixty to seventy percent of the dialogue in this movie is given to the Wookies, and there's no subtitles. Yep. Just, so you, there I are mean, like ten minute sequences where Wookies are talking to each other, and you're just sitting there like, "Am I supposed to understand?" 
Yeah, well, no, because, because well, yeah, it, yeah, in no I mean, other Star Wars movie, there's subtitles. It's visual <laughs> storytelling. It's visual storytelling. <laughs> and it, it works it. in Star Wars <laughs> when Chewbacca no, says sorry, something like and they've got like a good camera. <laughs> and you can see like the articulation of Chewbacca's face and you're like, oh, he's clearly sad. He said something that made him sad. And this is just like awful puppets that, no joke, there are times, if you watch a high quality version of this, there are many, many instances where the Wookiees will open their mouths and you see the faces of the actors playing yep. the Wookiees underneath I, them. I don't think that's true. These, <laughs> these puppets are, no, seriously, okay, I'm I'm a little bit playing a character this, but the puppets look good. Lumpy mm. especially looks really good. No, no. I don't. I don't Okay, I don't I'm, I'm going to give it to you that they look good, <laughs> but they still are horrifying. They're, it's, I would I say mean, itchy. Look, itchy, is, itchy is horrifying, but I don't, but I, but I think that's, you know, but he's and an old lump, guy. Old people are scary. But Lumpy also looks horrifying when he starts smiling. And he, 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 he. <laughs> I will give you this. Uh, it's a horror itchy. movie. This is a horror movie. I <laughs> think we horror. <laughs> you just need to have a horror movie theme playing over it instead of just the Star Wars song playing the entire fucking movie. <laughs> but oh, I will give no, you this. No, it's funny no, to me I, that they definitely, they definitely a, had like a specific, like an orca an orchestral they, something going on because it's because it's not the Star Wars song that's playing most of the time. It's the da 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 da. da. Yeah. The Princess Leia song. It's yeah, the Princess Star Leia Wars song, yeah. which they cut off at the end of the movie. She starts singing, and they cut her off with the Star Wars theme. <laughs> it's like this is—it's so amazing how lazy this was. Like this was put together. Like I can only imagine that this was put together like last minute. They said we need to have something to keep people's mind on Star Wars. We're like Lucas was like, we're gonna start marketing this shit out of this stuff. Uh. I want to uh, a holiday special, but we're not gonna we're not gonna include Jesus. Uh, it's going to be a life thing. Uh, it's like poetry, it rhymes. It's oh. like poetry. It's gonna rhyme. This is going to be the blueprint for episode nine when we oh. do it twenty years, forty years after the fact. I like uh, I like no, it's the it's, it's the inspiration for the Mandalorian. Oh God! Don't tell me that. I haven't seen the Mandalorian. So don't, I, don't, don't, I, don't. Well, I you're gonna hate what it did then. Oh. I can it only made assume. This movie, it made this canon. So, no, Sands definitely references Life Day. Yep. No. <laughs> they reference this movie in Solo. Solo references this this thing. They do? Yeah. Wait, the what? whole joke about Han Solo's name being Han Solo comes from the holiday special when fucking. Um, oh, oh uh, made it by hand. When uh, Art Carney <laughs> is like, yeah, Art Carney is like telling uh, Mama Chewbacca, Malala Baka. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what's her name? Her name is hold on, I just Mala. Had, her name Mala. Mala. Yeah, they have full names though. Um, they do. I, yeah, I, Mala Tobuk. Mala Tobuk is the name uh, of the mom. They just call her Mala. Thank God. Atichichuk is a uh, itchy, and Lumpy is either Lumpawarump or Lumpawaru. <sighs> Who the hell came up with this shit? George Lucas was smoking something at the time. Well, I, he I involved in full names, he... That's from E. That's from EU stuff. Is where their full oh, okay. names come from. But yeah, in yeah, the whole joke of of Han Solo, he's alone. Is <laughs> Art like, Art Carney's like trying to tell Mala that she's got like Han Solo's on his way, and she's like, "You've got a shaggy rug coming." And, yeah, it was made by hand. 
Solo. <laughs> I actually like that stupid joke. <laughs> I did. <laughs> See, the problem is I've watched this six times. And so like Kendall, I'm starting to love it. Like oh, I, hate, no. like, oh. I hate it. And I've watched it so much that it's like it's got like a, a hold on my head. It's you know what it is? It's like it's like what going back and watching if Eric Andre made something in the 70s. If Eric Andre was around and he somehow had access to Star Wars, that's what it feels like. Like it's oh. it's an hour and a half Tim and Eric sketch about Star Wars. <laughs> I have a question that either Peter or Kendall can answer me. Is there a trading card of Lumpy? I need to know this. Please don't tell uh, me. There's 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 not at least not the not in the so. in the in in the okay. uh, decipher game that I play. There is still hope for this world. <laughs> I've seen. Well, you say that I've seen bootleg oh, lumpy no. action figures that people have made. I believe there's a Funko Pop of the. Isn't there one of Boba Fett in his uh, in his cartoon outfit or something like that? Yes, I, I think mean, you're right. The cartoon the part was the best part of this whole thing. So. The first, the first appearance of Boba Fett. He's right. Like, and he is like a wacky, goofy cartoon character. I don't know. He was pretty. I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I want to. I want to say badass, but he wasn't. You know, up until the part where he just a, leaves at the end. Yeah. For a late seventies, for a late seventies cartoon. Um. I mean, it's a lot. It's a heck of a lot better than the, than the Star Trek animated series. I've never seen that. That's true. It's okay. Keep it that way. That's <laughs> <laughs> this. There's some uh, there's some good there's some you. good elements of it, but like visually speaking, the Star Trek animated series is terrible. The it's oh boy. it's the there's a, there's elements of it that are good though. It's some decent writing scattered throughout. Yeah, and also but, like because it's thirty minute episodes, the pacing is a lot better than the than the original <laughs> series gets at time. We should probably explain to people uh, listening if you haven't watched it. We should probably explain the general premise of or the general plot line of the holiday special because it is. It's a variety show, but it has a it has like a, a narrative framework that it fits in, where, and it's it's very important to the holiday special that Han Solo <laughs> and Chewbacca are they need to get back to Chewbacca's family on Kashyyyk to celebrate Life Day, which is something apparently every Wookiee celebrates, and it would be like a big it would be a huge deal if he missed it. So they're trying to get back to to Kashyyyk, and meanwhile, the Baca family on Kashyyyk is dealing with these Imperial Guards that are just like barging in and looking for rebels. And they kind of know that Chewbacca is a rebel, but they don't know who he is or why he's gone. They're just looking for like a quote unquote male Wookiee. The whole thing is them getting rid of the Imperials and Han Solo and and Chewbacca coming back. And then like Luke Skywalker and Leia are kind of thrown in in the background to lend a helping hand. So the thing about this, the thing about that as, uh, element of it is this is we we see what it is, what the day to day life of what it's like to be on a planet <laughs> that is occupied by the Imperials in the movies. We always hear that the Imperials are bad guys, but we never we never see it. We never the see is, the, the atrocities that they're doing. The thing is, the atrocities they're doing aren't that bad. They're just kind of being like slightly uh, yeah. annoying at best. <laughs> They're, I'm not paying for this rumor. <laughs> well, let, let's be real. They were kind of assholes to the kid. They broke his his little banter yeah, sort that's of like a, stuff. That toy. makes that, me cry that was every me. time. That, that was, even Darth Vader was looking at them like, <laughs> like "Wow, you guys are assholes, <laughs> man! I didn't, didn't tell you to do that." Like expensive. It was like a shitty little computer that didn't work, and they were just like, "Ah, what's this no, junk?" No, 
it broke his stuff. Computer dust stuff. They ripped yeah, its they, head they, off. They, yeah, sure they did rip his head off. decapitation, man. Like, <laughs> but then, like, yeah, one of the Imperial guards goes into Art Carney's shop, and <laughs> whose name is just Dan, Trader Dan. <laughs> Which um, that guy should be like an, a higher officer because of his voice alone. Oh, didn't yeah. you hear well, it? He's he's like a respected merchant on Kashyyyk because he apparently has some say with the Imperials. Like he has some level of reputation, not necessarily with like the stormtroopers, but with the actual Imperial guard and officers. Well, he's got to be one of the few humans there. Yeah, he yeah, has sorry. registration. He has, and he's like at some point he's just like, oh, that stormtrooper stole a bunch of shit for me and ran off into the hills. And the oh, Imperial yeah, officer is yeah. just like, yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> uh, you seem trustworthy. Guy who sells crappy trinkets on Kashyyyk. Well, he, he trusts a human more than anybody else, I'm sure. I guess, yeah. Over yeah. his own soldier. Yeah. <laughs> and throughout this variety show, in quotations, mm-hmm. um, there's there's different little scenes, but the one that one that comes up early on that I that has stuck with me, and I feel like everyone who's seen this or knows of it knows the whip whip stir stir whip stir stir whip stir beat pound pound stir whip stir oh that's so great stir so entertaining okay I didn't realize how racist that was and oh that's wrong until now like I watched this four years ago I didn't catch on it but it's pretty damn racist now when you look at it wait okay explain to me because okay. Remember, oh, I'm not awesome. from the U.S., so. <laughs> uh, well, one, it's, it's well, one is just, well, one is drag, which is not really racist or anything, but it's the guy, Art Carney, I think, or, I think it's Art it's Carney, Harvey right, Corbin. or someone else? That's Harvey Gordon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's, whoever the hell he is. Harvey Gordon <laughs> is from the... Blazing Saddles. Yeah. I've never seen that guy. movie. Terrific. Mean, um, me neither. I should, but... Famous but, sketch comedy comedian from, from like, the... Sarah Burnett show. 60s and and he's wearing... Well, he's wearing blackface in that scene. I'm sh- I it's swear like, it's blackface. I uh, see. I'm gonna pull you up on that. I don't, it's not blackface. It's like yeah. bronze face, but yeah, it's just <laughs> the cameras were so bad. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You don't say think it's blackface? I okay. wouldn't call it blackface. But blackface. No, I feel like that's a little stretch. Yeah, it's okay. I, it's like gold bronze, but this is that's a thing that actually thing. happens with like. There's some old episodes of. Um, like Twilight Zone too, that people brought up that they thought they were doing blackface, but the actual paint was gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just impossible to tell on like sixty or seventy year old cameras that don't yeah. look that good. Also, yeah, I'm gonna bring that up too. So talking about how lazy this is, the cameras are they change cameras so much. Like there was no I don't think there was any DP on this movie. Uh, you director can, you can see the difference very clearly when they do the B. Arthur yeah. bar scene. That is the best. That is the best scene that is in the whole thing. <laughs> There's you can tell because this basically uh, the original director of this was a uh, David Acomba, and he left. Probably smart. He left, and Steve <laughs> Binder took over. Steve Binder, who did a lot of other like TV specials and variety shows, it's like what he's kind of known for. So he took over, and you can tell like what parts of it were shot by Okamba and what parts were shot by Binder because it looks it's a it's a stark difference. There's a part at the end where suddenly it looks like it was shot on film, like high def. And it's like what the fuck? Why is that? That doesn't belong in this. <laughs> All this other it footage looks like it's from 1959. <laughs> in reality, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's like every now and then the camera work will just be really shitty and then really good and then really shitty and really good. Okay, so, I mean, the other thing we were kind of saying about the cooking thing, so I, I, Sif had also just texted me 
And she said, because he's an, she's an alien, and, and I, I don't know, my brain went to racist, but <laughs> yeah, so. she, she said, I know, you can see that she has four arms instead of two. So. You, well, she that's, that's part of the joke is that as she's stirring and whipping, as Chef Gormanda has to give her official title, as Chef Gormanda <laughs> is whipping and stirring, more and more arms keep popping out, which is as you would when doing some Banta, whatever the hell it was that she was cooking. Bantha, Bantha stew, I think. Bantha stew. That's what I'm gonna start calling you from now on. Bantha, Bantha stew. Hey, Bantha stew. Bantha, I'll take that. I'll take Bantha stew. You can use that nickname for for any game now. Just put it Bantha stew. Hey, hey it's Bantha, Bantha stew. stew here. Hey, Bantha, Bantha stew. stew here. Bantha stew here live from the holiday special. <laughs> okay, I mean a that, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I hate that part. Star Wars universe. So stupid. <laughs> No, hey, I thought it was stupid oh, when I first saw it. I still think it's stupid. It's, it's terrific. You're wrong. I like Nerf Herder. It basically is <laughs> like saying you're like you're a backwoods hick. Yeah. The damn Nerf Herder. I'm not Nerf Herder. I'm talking about the cooking thing. I'm okay with Nerf Herder. Oh, oh, the, oh, oh okay. okay. You need to explain, <laughs> man. Don't make me ignite my lightsaber again. Also, you gotta, you gotta. I mean, that's uh, there. It's uh, Julie. He's doing a Julia Child impression. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. what I wanted to say to next. You know, relevant to the discussion. Yeah. Relevant to 1978, probably too, huh? Not 2019. <laughs> right. You are just going over my head. I was born in 91, so I have no idea what the hell you people are talking about. <laughs> Julia Child was an old lady who did cooking on the TV and had that like high pitched British voice, like what he was doing. Also, if you remember those shows, I always remember like basically thinking like if I was actually going to try to follow along with one of those shows, I would be like frantic, just like Mala is. It's like so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> and here's something that you can find at your refrigerator. A dolphin. <laughs> for, uh, for, for other people like Emmanuel who don't know who Julia Childs is, that is a that is a person worth looking up because Julia Childs has a very interesting life. She worked for like the um, OSS in World War II. Watch oh. Julia and Julia. Yeah. Yeah, watch Julia and Julia. Or watch, uh, Again, watch that new movie about her that was it Baking with Julia that like... Uh, I think that was it. It didn't go into the fact that she was a fucking spy at all. It's very like, elite. It's yeah. We're talking about <laughs> she worked for like the equivalent of the CS like CIA during World War II. Oh, good. Go yeah. Yeah. I, I, anything I can do to not talk about this movie. And then watch <laughs> the Dan Aykroyd. Yes, the Dan Aykroyd thing where he like cuts himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a thing. <laughs> Peter, do you want to take over the best? Well, one of the another dumb part of this movie. I was gonna make a joke, but with the virtual reality fantasy program that oh Itchy watches. <laughs> you, we talk oh, about Cirque we du Soleil. are excited. Oh, oh, the, the portal. Uh, no, no, the, the portal. The softcore, softcore portal. Dan Carroll, a uh, Academy Award nominated uh, actress, a Tony Award winning <laughs> actress. Uh, and I think the first is it fair to say the first uh, really minority uh, actor in all of Star and all of Star Wars. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I think you're, yeah, I think you're right. It's Lando because Art Carney's character was going to be Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Oh, what? I know that. I don't know. I might be making that up, but um, I think he was based. Never off that. That. I heard it somewhere. Look, look, all of these facts, any facts that I sh that I say about the holiday special, <laughs> I probably heard on another podcast where there's. <laughs> Where there were four to five guys yelling at each other, uh, like this one. Yeah, oh, exactly. I, uh, yeah. Something, I, I, I'll back you up on that scalp. one. I've heard that as well. I've oh, heard that Art Carney was either supposed to be Lando, or that Lando was 
and originally going to be based on him. Like based on him, yeah. I, God, I, yeah, that's no. I was, and then they just got lucky enough to get um to Billy get D. Williams, Billy D. Williams in there. We just owned that fucking role. Yes, well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly it's I don't know it's the most cr- for me it's the most cringy part of the <laughs> of the show. Um, you know, and <laughs> Dan Carroll, by the way, just uh, just died about a month ago, so it's it's kind of it's even weirder looking back on that. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, isn't it? Itchy is basically watching poor in his living room. Oh, uh, 100%. Yes, with with like is yeah, with, with the family all gathered around. And <laughs> so, just... so that, that's interesting. You say that because I think every time I watch it, I think I'm like, is this because I because I see the Star Wars Holiday Special as something that like was is a it's a it's a snapshot of what it was like in 1978. So like these types of variety show specials, did they have like weird like uh you know sex appeal things where people got really really excited you know was it like baywatch or whatever it's for the whole family it's you know got something for the kids got something yeah. for the adults right, right. Got yeah. Yeah. for daddy yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> the I, I weird audience uh, oh, and why is why is why is itchy's fantasy a, a human woman that's right that's the real uh, uh, <laughs> i don't know i guess you know, he's an old, old Wookiee. He's had, yeah. he's had it all. He's, you know, he was very sexually experimental as a, as a young man, <laughs> young Wookiee. And so, you know, he's just, he's out there as an adult. He just doesn't give a shit anymore. He's like in his heyday. <laughs> what would be great is I mean, if, like, if for any reason, I would love, I would love if at some point during like the Golden Girls, Itchy walked into the set. <laughs> That's all I could think about watching him and like knowing B. Arthur was in this movie. <laughs> seeing seeing like them together on screen as some sort of like Golden Girl Golden Girls cameo. We, we don't really know how old Itchy is though. I mean he could Wookiees live for what hundreds of years. He could only be yeah. like twenty years older than Chewie or whatever. So. Well, Didn't somebody say seven hundred? <laughs> I, yeah. I think that that was somebody that was making stuff up. Hey, I said he was 700. Yeah, right? yeah, just, just like yes. everything surrounding this piece of shit. Yes. Uh, Makes sense. I think we should all have the Wikipedia time. page open so we oh, can just boy. have I mean, the true up. facts on hand at all times. So, okay, so I'm, oh, I'm checking this right now because I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. When Chewbacca met Han Solo, he was 200 years old. So it's entirely possible that, that Lumpy is like <laughs> 47 or something. <laughs> he can live up to 400 <laughs> years of age. And Itchy is Wookiee. like, yeah, 225 years old. So, Because, I mean, when when Chewbacca meets Han Solo and Solo, he looks pretty young. He looks like a 20-year-old Wookiee. <sighs> I, I think fresh, he does. He's very a skinny. A fresh 200-year-old Wookiee. Yes. A fresh, uh, <laughs> freshman year. Fresh yes, yes. Only smells <laughs> like five wet dogs instead of seven. <laughs> I love that Itchy has like a bald spot on his stomach. <laughs> like He's going bald because he's so old. But it's also terrifying I, to know that there's something underneath the hair. <laughs> I hate it. She, I really do. I, another, okay, yeah. Talking about the fucking hair, another weird problem I always have with this is that in this thing, I've, I don't even want to call it a movie anymore, in this thing that exists, Mala, the mother Wookiee, wears an apron. Yes. And at some point, all the Wookiees show up and they're wearing red robes. Yep. So does that mean... <laughs> That Chewbacca is naked the rest of the time. Like they have a concept of what clothes are. Well, just they're all because, just handmaidens. I mean, I mean, just because you just because you choose to wear clothes. I mean, 
cult. I mean, yes, he is. Well, first of all, yes, he is naked. But culturally speaking, we'll there's not necessarily a requirement to yeah to, to for them to wear Still, clothes. There's no social requirement that a Wookiee wear pants. Yeah, I mean, Mala wearing a Mala wearing a, a an apron. That's to keep the food, the raw meat from getting in her hair. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine. Okay, that. with it. Explain the robes. Explain the cloaks. It's ceremonial. Okay, it's ceremony. It's because they, they only use the for life thing. Full, honestly, it's it's because they couldn't afford to make full Wookiee costumes for all of the Wookies. They could only afford to make masks. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what happened to Planet of the Apes. So, to be honest, that's part of it. I would love for some like movie to come out and be like, "Yeah, we didn't get any wardrobes for our actors. They're all just naked because we didn't want to spend the money <laughs> on buying a wardrobe." So, in this universe, it's socially acceptable for everyone to be naked. Can we and also call, not wearing makeup, makeup. Can we call up George Lucas and just start asking him all these questions? Like, <laughs> hey, George, so what was the process about uh, giving her an apron and, and and all these Wookiees, those robes? And, well, you well, see, uh, uh, they're uh, nudists at heart, but uh, on life day, they, they decide to use the robes. Uh, oh. I originally okay, the other... Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like, I just... Another thing that I don't understand is why is Jefferson Starship the band picked for this terrible special. That's because the part I don't understand. Of all the bands in the the bigger question is why did they cover up with glowing pink things all the instruments except for one on the left, one of the guitars yeah. on the left, when they show the shot of everybody. Like if you if you look closely, everyone is covered with the pink thingy except for uh the one on the left with the guitar. Like Yeah. It's like you're gonna do the job, do it right man. The camera, but they like they left a spot out for some reason. My favorite part about the whole Jefferson Starship plot line is that it's plot only line, in really? for Art Carney to show an Imperial officer to distract him from searching the house. It's like, hey, oh, check out this cool okay. thing. So after they make that call, and at one point I thought, okay, they just have a phone hidden there, nothing special. Like, they have it open. They don't close it until the stormtroopers come in. You think <laughs> if you lived on an occupied planet, like... You know, and you're talking to rebels, you would like, eh, let's hide this a little bit or make sure it's closed. Not be like, oh, man, the, the troops came in. I better close the door while they're inside here. Oh, I guess. Was anyway. Nobody was paying attention to what they were doing regarding this holiday special because <laughs> then you see Ar Arthur Carney just closing it like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. Well, there's a part where, like, the Imperial officer calls at the end and they're sitting there like, what are we going to do? I know, I'll say something. And that's when he's like, the stormtrooper ran off to the hills. But he says that, like... I'll give them credit. They they add a line in that's like, um, this is now a two way call. <laughs> but like, is that just assumed with every call in the Star Wars universe is that you have to click accept for your part to be on their part? <laughs> like, you yeah, because I mean, everything. Well, that's yeah. the special. That's the special talk to the guy that looks like Grand Moff Tarkin. Phone. Yeah, the guy who's yeah, not yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin because yeah, Grand Moff Tarkin, great Grand Moff Tarkin is dead. Yeah, but who? Who was definitely supposed to be Grand Moff Tarkin. At yep. some point in the script, they wrote Grand Moff Tarkin, and then somebody else said, oh, but he's dead. And they were like, yeah, is four. he? <laughs> like, yeah, he's dead. Uh, oh, uh, shit. Uh, get this other guy, I guess. We do get a deleted scene with uh, Vader and uh, Chief Bast, you know, and... <laughs> Very ADR uh, dialogue, but God, yeah, yeah all the so stuff that was from... is is reused is reused video, right? Yep. Yeah, but that There's scene a lot was ADR. That scene was ADR in the in the movie too. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the archive footage. Really? <laughs> also, like all the all the scenes when they're in the Millennium Falcon, 
And except when Han Solo's sitting with Chewie, I mean, you can tell that's new. But I swear that background did not look like it does in New Hope. But there is something yeah, wrong with the set they're sitting on. The, the way yeah. it moves is like, it's oh terrible. my god, we're moving in this shit. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, what? Why is this all like? Why can't they just reuse the set they used? But maybe get different people. Or I mean, I'm like, what? I don't understand. It, that was whatever. Yeah, but every time they're like shooting in space, you can tell all that was straight up from no a New Hope budget. No budget. And a million. Like, had a million for budget. the budget. Yeah, you, you budget had to divide that that million into the actors that you brought back. Yeah, all the, yeah, oh, all, all their budget went to the actors in the R two D two steam machine that just kept oh, breaking. Boy. Where Luke's like, I would, I would help fight the rebels, but I've got to fix this fog machine. <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader will just have to wait. Also, the scene with Princess Leia on the goddamn space tax. You know, She's writing the, a note the, or something. The, the brave, independent woman of A New Hope is doing space taxes, I guess. That's what it <laughs> looks that like. what it was? I don't know. But it, it, no, it, they don't okay, say space taxes. Okay, I was like, taxes, <laughs> But, if, but if you look, that's literally what it looks like. Like, uh, here in Puerto Rico, we used to have, like, a comedy show where there was, like, a uh, one of these uh, tax people doing the, the paperwork and whatnot, and it literally looks just like that. <laughs> so I know that that's what she's doing, space I taxes. You, I thought you were about to say, here in Puerto Rico we do space taxes. <laughs> yes. yes, we surrender our space taxes to the, to the Empire. All hail Lord Vader. You know what? Puerto that Rico is, is the more last true. line of defense. You know, Emmanuel, that, <laughs> that line is more true now than it would have been years ago. Oh, so, I just uh, gotta say that. Sometimes it feels like that. But, hey. So statehood uh, now? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, uh, we let's, let's, we let's fought the empire. Get... We don't even get to be a state. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part, one of my favorite parts of this whole special is when Carrie Fisher, Princess, I, I always just call her Carrie Fisher now. It's when fine. Princess Leia calls in and is like asking them about Life Day and how Han is, and then he's like, oh, Han's not here. And she's like, oh. Well, that's strange, and that's the end of it, basically. That's more than we bargained for, or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. And I thought they would be there by now. It's weird that they aren't. Hmm. What could be keeping them? It's like you know, there's a war on, right? Like you're fighting a war. You know that you're in a star war, right? Yeah. Look, People are dying. They, look, they know that Han can handle himself. <laughs> They're a little bit concerned. She's a little bit concerned, but she doesn't want his family to be, you know, over uh, to panic. But you never tell him the odds. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows he <laughs> hey, he's got the lucky dice with him that he took oh, all those God. years ago. Here we go. So I don't guys. think they're in the scene. No, <laughs> I don't think that I've ever seen the goddamn lucky dice from the Last Jedi. Actually, they uh, they they're in solo movie until besides solo. Yeah, the lucky dice weren't a thing until one of the books. I want to say that no, was they written were in, in like they were in a New Hope. They were. They were in a new hope, but they yeah. weren't like elaborated on. Like they didn't say like, and here's my here are my dice from Lando's. They were just like a thing that somebody put. Ah uh, the yes, these lucky dice. It was before uh, everything had to be explained. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like a nice little set piece in the background <laughs> that was like a hint at who Han Solo was. It but was a simpler time. I want to yeah. say I don't remember oh, what book it is. It was one of the EU days. books talked about how like yeah he got the he used those dice to win. The Millennium Falcon from Lando, even though in Solo he Which didn't is. use dice to win the Millennium Falcon from Solo. Yep. For Lando, he just won it in a card game, but he That's doesn't have the cards hanging up. Because the EU didn't happen anymore. 
Yeah, it's true. And yeah. even and even the I mean the the, <laughs> you, the Han Solo it didn't happen, but the dice are still in the movies, and they made them such an important part of them. It was such an easy thing for Solo. All you need to know is that the dice are important. <laughs> Look, I think up. we've established that all of this is fucked up. It's yeah. Solo. They're like, how did he get the Millennium Falcon? I know he won it in a card game. It's like, do you not he remember by believing in the heart of the card? The Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. So then, uh, what the fuck are the dice for? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm saying that I'm saying that the Han Solo adventures, <laughs> or especially the Han Solo trilogy, wasn't even canon in 1992. Fucking Christ. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I love Star Wars, but I hate Star Wars. <laughs> no, no one hates love one Star Wars fan. Yeah, yep. That's that's. True. I love. Was this even canon for very long? Yeah, Ooh, I mean, yeah. This, this is it's still canon. So uh, life day is. Canon. I mean, canon. I mean, most of it's canon. What oh, I don't know what yeah, the holiday special No, it's not. You are making that up. What? The battle of the battle of Kashyyyk. They did not destroy Kashyyyk yeah. in episode three. They very specifically want to keep Kashyyyk because it's got valuable resources. Yeah, the life debt book in the new canon aftermath. It's aw- it's an awful book, but they do they 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 do liberate <laughs> Kashyyyk in that in that movie or in that book. We're gonna find out that there's okay. some like secret canon that Mike knows about where Kashyyyk was destroyed. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that uh, you know, I, there was that one story where the Wookiees built the Death Star or they were the slaves oh, that yeah. built it. But, yeah. Yes, then, yeah, they're enslaved, but yeah. it's not destroyed. Yeah. But then there was the original story of that the Death Star blew up the planet where it was built on. I'm uh, going on Wookiee. I've on never Wikipedia. heard that. Uh, that was, yeah, that was, that was, I think, the original story or the in the EU canon. It was built like the world of despair. It was built by like Wookiee slaves and they blew up its planet. They blew up the planet. If you, if you look at uh, the Wikipedia, you'll see it. Okay, yeah, right now but it's still it. not Kashyyyk because they went back to right. Kashyyyk existed in the EU a bunch of times. Yeah, Kashyyyk's right. always been a part I think of I'm just, stuff. yeah, Kashyyyk was even a nice idea of credit, so. maybe. <laughs> and it's pronounced Kashyyyk, people. It's hey, when you, search, <laughs> when you search Kashyyyk, the first thing that came up, or Google can hear what we're saying, it said, Was Kashyyyk destroyed? Came up my Google, so I'm not I the only one. Just, I think it's just hearing you <laughs> and helping you out. No, it's Mike, it's just because you have Googled that like six times. I haven't yet. Was Kashyyyk destroyed? <laughs> like in the middle of, oh, of um, large of portions of Kashyyyk were destroyed in retaliation for their acceptance of several Jedi who opposed okay, dark. Okay, Hades large portions, but not the planet. Exactly. So like a few that what was the planet in uh, freaking Rogue One that got blasted with the Death Star but wasn't destroyed completely? Oh, um, Jetta. Jetta. Yeah. Well, Jetta City is destroyed. Yeah, Jetta. Yeah, uh, and then um, the other one is crap. Uh, yeah, the other one was crap. Um, <laughs> oh God, what was the last planet they were on? Where? Yeah, yes, yes. I. I the, 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 that. Yeah, it's Scarif. It's Scarif. Yeah, Scarif. Scarif. Scarif wasn't destroyed either. It was just like, yeah, because uh, Alderaan is the first planet to be destroyed by the Death Star. Yes, canonically yeah. speaking, it's the first one to be completely destroyed. Yeah, completely. And then like five more planets in uh, by the Starkiller base. Okay, in Wikipedia <laughs> it says that Chewbacca lived on Kashyyyk with his family until resuming his adventures with Han Solo prior to the Hosnian Cataclysm, which is what happened with Starkiller Base in uh, the Force Awakens. So <laughs> it's. As of The Force Awakens, it's still around. Okay. Just in, just no in case. Idea. 
Also, Chewbacca right, doesn't thing, have a I think Michael yeah. still believes it was destroyed, but I... I, yeah. <laughs> so, but I do want to talk about... This is We learned that Mike is racist against Wookiees, and he just hates them, so he refuses to admit their plan. I was there, guys! I saw it with my own eyes when they blew up Kashyyyk! Oh, it's like, it was it's like the whole, like, China Dalai Lama thing, where, like, they won't admit that the Dalai Lama is real. <laughs> this is Mike. Mike refuses to admit Kashyyyk is a planet. <laughs> Because she, right. I think you mean Alderaan too. Uh, we had mentioned a little bit about the cartoon, but I kind of want I want to talk elaborate more on that. So in this <laughs> middle of the special, they have Lumpy. Why why the troops are inside the house and to distract Lumpy, puts on the headphones and he starts watching a cartoon, which then we all get to watch. There there is something off, like especially everyone's faces are just wrong. Yeah, like Luke's face, look at you, grabbed it and pulled it. And stretched it. It's like a, it's a, it's a stylized thing. It's because it's the, it's the guy that did heavy metal. <laughs> it's, um, it's a stylized thing, but all the faces are stylized differently. Exactly. <laughs> like especially Han Solo's. Luke has. Him. It looks like Han Solo is missing all of his like facial <laughs> muscles and bones, and then somehow Luke got them. Like, <laughs> yeah. And also, Luke is wearing a third outfit in this. In this special, he's in the beginning when you see him, he's wearing the orange jumpsuit from New Hope. In yeah. this part, he's wearing the gold jacket from the ceremony. And in the third part, he's wearing the original white costume in the end of this special. Yeah. Well, to show, that's a that's a filmmaking technique, Mike. It's it's to show that his character has evolved and changed throughout. It's the called selling toys, Mike. <laughs> it's it's all about character. I don't no. think there were. I mean, Star Wars toys. was never used to sell toys. This is about character development, Mike. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, I know Star Wars. I have old Star Wars toys from the 70s, but I don't think this well, holiday special that toys. I have in my hands is not real then. Okay, got it. It's not they real, no. Never. They would never debase Star Wars to sell toys. I don't know what you're talking about. That's but never this, been a thing. <laughs> this movie didn't have toys, right? Remember, that's what Kendall was saying? Oh, no, it absolutely did. No, there weren't specific <laughs> toys specifically made for the for the I mean for the for the holiday special. I mean the the turnaround was would have been would have taken too long to to produce them for that. Yeah, and every later they had toys like they made to like twenty years later there was like a commemorative toy of something that mm. I don't know. It was like a little like wink wink nudge nudge from yeah. Disney finally admitting that they that this thing exists. Okay, but I, I do want to talk about I do like the Boba Fett in this because I just like Boba Fett. And yeah. like he so he, Boba Fett shows up like they don't know who he is. And I want to say in Empire Strikes Back, don't they wreck like they know Boba Fett's a bounty hunter? Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so this is when yeah, they first met him and okay. This is the he's first a very well known bounty hunter, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, this is yeah. the first on screen appearance of Boba Fett, and it's also yeah, like Boba Fett. He's not like uh I don't want to say he's not like completely developed as a bounty hunter but he's clearly like a very good well he's like this is him like meeting <laughs> i hate talking about this in terms of like actual story but <laughs> this is him meeting darth vader and darth vader like officially hiring him on as a like uh, a retainer for the empire oh and a spoiler that i'm gonna kind of say that i didn't realize till spoiler for mandalorian which has already been out for a month at this point Oh uh, boy, let me let me take off my. Uh, it's very. It's not a spoiler. The gun month? that he has, like a week maybe. Oh, that okay. Well, this ain't getting published right away. So that that rifle he has in the back with the okay, the yeah. Port I know, runs, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's also he has that same type of rifle in the Mandalorian. I was like, oh, I know. I'm pretty sure it's a different character. I don't know for sure. So it, it's but, a different character. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought that was cool. 
all these years later. Yeah, yeah, I mean, don't. They, there's three references in the in that first episode. There's there's Horatio Sands saying Life Day. There's the yeah the fork gun, and, just, and then um and then Nick Nolte's Ugnot character makes reference to the uh, the like beast that Boba Fett's riding in the um you know like the the like dinosaur looking thing. Okay, okay, but just because you reference something doesn't mean that that thing from which you reference it is canon. Because they reference Terrascasi in Solo, a Star Wars story, that doesn't mean Masters of Terrascasi is canon. Yeah, hundred percent canon. It's totally no. As much as I, I'm as gonna much go as to I Disney want, and I'm gonna burn no, the no, office no, right no, now. There's no story to Masters of Terrascasi. Like they, they created. They, that's the. That's actually, you know, that's the one bad thing about that game because it's otherwise awesome. Oh um, God. Oh, well, they also. Uh, I mean, like they, like Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars, and Rebels are both canon. Yes. yes, and they both re they both have references to Knights of the Old Republic, but Knights yep. of the Old Republic is not canon. They also exactly. changed Corban, which I'm still fucking pissed about. It's uh, not oh, it's not Corban, it's Moraban, and it's totally different. And we didn't invent a new planet; we had to get rid of this one planet for some reason because fuck you. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's real dumb. They go I to Corban. Now in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, I want to say the last season. In fact, I know it. Well, not the last. The season. last episodes. It's, it's in the last episodes. Yeah, it's in the last uh, episodes uh, of season six uh, because season seven is coming out still. Yeah, right. The lost episodes. L O S T. That's yeah. what that season was called because it's like six episodes that were partially in production when uh, it was canceled. It was Which unfortunately they weren't able to finish an episode about um, Boba Fett as a child, like learning to be the Mandalorian warrior. Because it was, I've seen footage from it. It's really cool looking, but. Yeah, there's an ep there's a series of episodes where Yoda is learning how to do the Force Ghost thing mm -hmm. from this from the Qui -Gon. Force Ghost of Qui Gon Jinn from like this disembodied voice, and yeah, and he's like he's like you must go to Moraband, and I was like, what the fuck is Moraband? And <laughs> it is Coraban. They just changed the K to an M and added a D, and they changed the planet entirely. It's no longer like a Sith graveyard and said it's like a black planet with nothing on it. That's got like a single tomb or like, like some kind of tomb looking that like it's <laughs> structure. It's so annoying. Yeah. That's but weird. The Guild Republic was dumb anyway. Oh, oh, okay. Whole, that's it. Oh. Is, that's is it. Corban is the, besides the turn of the Jedi, Knights Guild Republic. <laughs> Did you just say Kraya? It's just Kraya was the worst. That's it. Uh, I'm gonna oh, force right. choke a bitch tonight. Crate was all right. <laughs> Darth Darth Crate was all right. Not you know. I don't know. I the thing about the thing about the legacy books and the and the Knights of the Old Republic stuff. I didn't really consider that canon like anyway because it didn't have anything to do with continuity. Well, it's never yeah. It was never canon. Plus, it takes place like two thousand years in the past, so it doesn't really matter. Right. That's what that's what I mean. Like yeah. like. But Corban was, and first of all, Knights of the Republic is some of the best stories told in the Star Wars universe. But Thank you, Stu. Second of all, the Corban in that universe is really interesting because it's like a planet that's just covered in like sand and like debris and desolation. It's like a planet that well, died like because the Sith went there. It's really interesting. So it's like yeah. Jakku. Yeah, it's like Jakku, except Jakku was like just another desert planet, whereas Corban was. It's like hinted that at some point it was a thriving planet that so, got turned to to death, whereas Jakku was always just another Jakku. Tatooine out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Jakku was Tatooine 2.0. I mean, Jakku was only there so he could remake a new hope with new characters. 
But hey. Which, so Jakku, I I haven't played I haven't played the 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 video game. Jakku was always a desert planet even before the Battle of Jakku. Yes, I I've played. I've seen, yeah, in Star Wars Battlefront two, you have you play in the Battle of Jakku, and it's, I thought I thought that it like that the desolation and stuff was because of the was a because of the Battle of Jakku. No, it was always a desert planet. <laughs> yeah, planet. my fan theories are better than J.J. Abrams writing. Uh, you know. <laughs> And now we're getting, our, we're, well, getting see, a, we're getting we're getting a third desert planet fan now. Theory, your fan theories are just the old republic, though. <laughs> I like my fan theory where Kashyyyk was destroyed. So hey, God, all right. Yeah, in, in, in our universe, Kashyyyk, Kashyyyk was destroyed. Jakku was once a thriving, amazing city covered in green. Um, uh, Chewbacca should, had a, a family. We should talk about when they go to the tattoo. Well, when they bring up Tatooine in this stupid movie. Where the TV comes yeah, yeah, yeah. on, or like everyone must watch this special where on this oh. hive of villainy scum. Oh, I said it okay, wrong. Okay, that is uh, that, that's a weird scene though, because it's live footage for everyone to see, but it's yes, <laughs> and it's supposed to be imperial propaganda, but it's clearly people, uh, B. Yeah. Arthur being like, oh, these imperial assholes, and <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's just like it's just like the the old Russian propaganda where there where. They showed where where they showed that uh, that poor the poor people in America were overweight and it you know it backfired. It has my favorite line in the entire special, and it's no matter how many times I watch this, it still makes me laugh out loud whenever I hear it. Where it's they're talking about Tatooine and they're like, and now for you footage from Tatooine, a look into the terrible lives of those who live there, so that you might be more appreciative of your own. <laughs> It's it's the stupidest propaganda so thing this, I've ever so heard. I love basically it. Basically, this special predicted reality TV. Uh, yes, except it'd be like it'd be like if our reality oh TV boy. was like footage from like like Syria, and it was like, look how good you have it. These people are in the middle of a war, and you're fine. It's so it's so like patently empire bullying evil. I love it. Look how shitty Tatooine is. You have nothing to complain about. <laughs> Goodbye, friend. Goodbye, friend. Good night. That's that's what that's, I'm gonna say to all of you in a few seconds. Because goddamn, you, you could not have gotten that ro- more wrong. The song is called "Good Night, Not Goodbye." Yeah. Oh. So, okay. so the one thing she doesn't oh. say is goodbye. Oh, I see. She's actually specifying that wow. she's not saying goodbye. You are also singing you how much- the tune of a song from I think Eight Crazy Nights <laughs> instead of the song. <laughs> I also had a couple beers since we've been trying to record this mess, so that might be that play. <laughs> Partner too, but I wish I weren't sober. Then homeward bound, friends. I I legitimately like that part. I I, I like. I just called her Bay Arthur. Bay. Oh, I look. B Arthur is Bay Arthur. It's Bay Arthur. Yeah. I didn't like this part at all. Really, I liked it more than the others, but I still prefer the cartoon. It's like the the weird break from. We're gonna show you how shitty life on Tatooine is. And there's an imperial curfew. So the reason that life on Tatooine sucks is because of the Empire. So I don't know why they'd be showing us propaganda. <laughs> they, it doesn't curf- look that bad. Everyone has to get out of B. Arthur's bar, which she owns not not the most Isley Cantina, but also definitely the, the most Isley Cantina. Yeah, no, that's yeah. so okay. So that's Chalman's Cantina. She's yeah. the nighttime bartender there. Yeah, she's the, the bar is it's a 24 hour bar until the imperial curfew. And then everyone's got to go home, and no one wants to leave, and they just ignore B. Arthur, who's like asking them all 
to leave and saying, we're friends, aren't we? We're friends. Go home. Oh, I love when she's like, oh, and remember that time? Oh, I don't think I've met you. <laughs> yeah. But it's <laughs> like you you were you guys were complaining about like sets and crap like that. Like this is this is the cantina set. This is the costumes that those aliens yeah. had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's several it's several costumes that for that they must have like filmed it. But like that's that scene was cut or something like that. Like this is where the rest of the budget went. And the, 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 she's like, there's like the giant rat. And she, I love the oh, giant God, rat. Oh, God. I love the rat. The giant rat. I was like, great. what the hell? It's not even a rat. It's, yeah, like, a, it's that, like a big that one. took me by uh, surprise. Or a hamster. No, it's a rat. It's a hamster. It's, a it's so rat. a hamster. Yeah. Oh, man. This is uh, such a good scene. Uh, I did a Christmas album uh, a couple years ago. And I did a cover of this on that on that album. I just was double checking. It is the the song is not available on my Bandcamp, but if you listen to the full album on my YouTube, youtube.com slash K Hallman, that's K-H-A-L-M-A-N. You can listen to Christmas Creep and hear my cover of it. I also did a ukulele cover oh, of it. Hey, um, I legitimately love that song. Yeah, Wait, I did a ukulele can... cover of it yesterday. Um, oh, a ukulele! Okay. <laughs> Suddenly, ukulele I thought cover. about the game ukulele. <laughs> I gotta say, that. It's, as, it's as often it. you hear a ukulele cover of like uh, a like jazzy late night lounge song. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm. It's like one of my. It's one of my favorite songs that I've ever done. I, I don't love keep... lounge music, but it's I, something about the fact that Brie, Brie Arthur is singing it. <laughs> it's got that like. It's got the. It's just the Cantina song. It's it's just lyrics were added to the Cantina song in Star Wars. Well, no, but, it's it's not lyrics there because they're they don't they play the riff, but then yeah. but then the actual but then the, the song the, itself is different. The, it's the verse just, is different. Yeah, the chorus of the song, the melody changes to play the Cantina song, but it plays it like slowly so that you know it's a sad song. <laughs> It's so that's why I say like this feels like an Eric Andre sketch. It feels like somebody knew what they were doing and then intentionally made it weird and bad on purpose as a joke. <laughs> I just love I just love I it's a great it's a terrific song. B. Arthur does a terrific job. The 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 guy with the the, the hole in his head to drink, I think is uh, hilarious. Is, oh, is yeah. that volcano the guy Art Carney or the same yeah. guy from okay. Yeah, that's Harvey Corman. Oh yeah, I well, I'm not doing very good right now with the who's who. <laughs> He oh, plays Krullman, well. or as B. Arthur calls him mistakenly, Krullman. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the guy that pours the drink into the top of his head where his mouth yep. is, I guess. Yeah, yeah and he's yeah. also in love with B. Arthur. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she that. said... She says, yeah, go ahead. Say? I forgot what she says. <laughs> he's he's talking about she how says, like, she come said... Come back soon, I'll be waiting. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's what it was. Those six words, those six words you said to me that melted my heart. I never thought I could love again until you said those six words to me. And she's like, all right, drunk asshole, get out of here. <laughs> she just so, plays B. Arthur. She is just B. Arthur in this movie. Right. And she does. I mean, she's got like it's one of those moments like where you can tell who has chops in, in something like this. You can tell who has acting chops and who like really has to work at it because Harrison Ford does an excellent job. She does an excellent job. I think Harvey Corman and uh, the other guy. You think Art Carney? Get a, Art Carney a good job? I think do do like. I mean, they do what they're trying to do. I mean, Art Carney, I, I, his character is a, it's a weird choice for Star Wars. Well, it's just Art Carney. He's just playing yeah. Art Carney. The same with right, B. Arthur. Right. B. Arthur is just, she is just being B. Arthur in this 
she, like movie. She might as well be her character and, from Golden Girls. And that's and that's fun. But that's the thing. I mean, that's I mean, that's why you have celebrities that do the. You know, they're doing their shtick. Yeah. And, and they do it well, as opposed to yeah, as opposed to Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, who's 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 acting is <laughs> is like not the best, or the yeah, like the like not Grand Moff Tarkin who uh, is, 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 like. Look, he's doing his best Grand Moff Tarkin. All right, <laughs> like, he knew he knew going in that he was not Peter Cushing and he never could be, but he gave it his all. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I, it's interesting. It's just interesting to see stuff like this when you can kind of see who, uh, you know, kind of who sticks <laughs> out as, as this is actually a pretty good performance. Let's be completely honest. Carrie Fisher did not know where she was. No, no. <laughs> absolutely. I love Carrie Fisher and she is like my spirit animal, but she had no idea that she was even filming something. <laughs> well, the, the, she only agreed to do it if she could sing. You can see her, her Coke finger in this. <laughs> We haven't mentioned that yet. Carrie Fisher, allegedly, 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 alleged by Carrie Fisher herself is that she had a massive coke problem. And at some point she puts her hand on uh, Harrison Ford's shoulder and you can see that one of her nails is significantly longer than her other fingernails. And uh, for the kids out there, that's called a coke finger. And you use it to scoop coke into your nose. Diet coke, Coca-Cola. Yeah, to scoop diet coke into your nose. To get that, that <laughs> sweet Diet Coke into your bloodstream. Oh, God. Okay, I got it. Allegedly. There's another, part. <laughs> There's another part that I didn't catch right away until later. So that little communicator thing that Lumpy spends a whole half, like 10 minutes watching a video on how to put oh, yeah. it together. What are we talking about that before we talk about, like, why the hell was he a, was he a robot? Yeah. The, the character it's... doing the instructions was a robot, but it was yes. live? It was breaking down he was a robot that was like desperately because, you know, if that's like an instruction uh, a video or something why not you know redo it when he's not broken because <laughs> this is the best take that they had <laughs> i bet you they just anything. wanted to get out of here i just, I just love right like our at the end of that instruction video he just put his head on the table and just pushed himself away like take me out of the shit I would bet you anything that he did that completely straight in some editor somewhere. Because it's not him doing the emotions. It's the editing. It's how they edit that footage. I guarantee you he did that straight and some editor somewhere was like, hey, I can kind of do this thing with editing that makes it look like you're a robot. And someone was like, yes, that's going in the movie. And he was like, no, it's just something I do as like a little joke. It's not that so, good. They're like, okay, fuck it. So it if it wasn't, wait, so... So you're saying it was just going to be an instruction video with no jokes? I I think it was just I think they were planning on doing something. I, I, I would bet good money that some editor told somebody that he could do this and they said, OK, you're doing that. And he immediately regretted it. I, I don't know. I, I I mean, it's a so the thing is, I watched I watched a, when I was growing up, I watched a lot of Sonny and Cher. I watched a lot of other stuff like this. I mean, granted, this is a, you know not the ideal execution <laughs> of a variety hour like this, but I mean, this kind, these kinds of sticks, these kinds of, you know, kind of one note gags. I mean, that's a thing that would happened a lot in 1978. Yeah. But those old shows, they were usually like live and like they were planned out, but it was like, all right, like this is live and we've got like 10 minutes until the next act is ready. So just like do your shtick for a while until we can get the next act on stage. With this, 
this wasn't live. This was filmed and edited, and somebody had to say, yes, this is good. Print and ship it. So I mean, it still was just filling in, filling two hours of television. I guess, yeah, but like yeah. if you've got to yeah. fill two hours of television. You, uh, look, like, I'm just I, saying, I mean, I know there were there were troubles behind the scenes and stuff like that. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of stuff in this that I that either either that I like or that I think is is uh, it has aged poorly because lots of TV was bad back then. Yeah, this is I'd rather watch this than an episode of Gilligan's Island. Well, let me ask you this, because I as I as I watched this for the sixth time, I wondered to myself, <laughs> I wondered, wow. I wondered how I, wonder, I would have done this. How it could have been made. You better. wondered how why what you were doing with your life. I know. <laughs> I was like, that was the first that was the first 40 minutes. The next 50 minutes were me wondering how to how to make this workable. By not doing it at all. Never releasing it to the public. Well, yes. I came up with I came up with two solutions, or three solutions rather. Burn the whole thing down. Solution <laughs> one. <laughs> solution one, burn this whole thing down. Yes. So, solution one you do you shoot 20 minutes worth of footage you realize it's shit you shoot another 20 minutes you realize it's not getting any better and you say well we either need to completely change focus or shut this down that's solution one solution two is this could have been a live variety show and then the fact that everything was falling apart and broken would have been part of the funniness of it and probably would have made people like enjoy it a lot more knowing that these people were trying their best and the smoke machine just kept blowing smoke directly into Luke's gaping <laughs> car crash wound. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but I'm exaggerating. But still, if this was live, it could it would have been better. My third solution was it wasn't so much a solution. I was thinking about how I would do this today if this could survive today, and it would either have to be an Eric Andre sketch or a Tim and Eric thing where it was like intentionally weird and bad, and that's the joke, or. Like I'm, I was wondering if if Daisy Ridley and John Boyega came out and they said we're doing a variety show to oh, to no. promote Rise of Skywalker. Mm-mm. It's like what could they do? Mm-mm. What what acts could they have within the Rise of Skywalker holiday special? Oh no, <laughs> never, I'm, never. Okay, again. no, wait. Although although you said that, wasn't there like an Adam Driver doing the Kylo Ren? Yeah, yeah, his SNL. his. Um, yeah, the SNL the technician thing. undercover boss sketch. Yeah, which is, that, that, yeah. Now that's that's good. That's hilarious. That exactly. is one of the funniest things SNL has done in a long time. I mean, that Adam is like, Driver is Adam Driver is is a better actor than most of these people. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Driver is great. He he plays that so straight and so funny. It's one of my favorite SNL sketches of all time. So I was thinking, yeah, like that would be something like that would be perfect within a modern variety show for Star Wars. You could have like. Uh, you could have a stand-up comedian come out and do like a a ten minute set or fifteen minute set, and the whole set is like in universe in the Star Wars universe, and fans would get it, and it could be really funny. And I mean, I mean, the robot chicken specials did mm. did you know they they basically did that. I mean, you could have yeah, and like bring bring Seth Green and uh, Seth MacFarlane on and have them do a whole robot chicken <laughs> sketch in the middle of it. I was thinking about. What would be in it today, and would it be worthwhile to make? And well, I no. came up with an idea in my head that I think would be funny, and I think would be worthwhile to make today. What so we're you know, saying hit here, me up, Adam Driver. What we're saying here is hashtag remake the holiday special. Remake Listen to us, the Disney. holiday special. I'm let's, coming out. Look, let's put it out is, there. It could come out. It could come out great, like the robot chicken specials, 
or it could come out terrible like the Family Guy special. And so. either way, <laughs> either way, it works. If it's good, the only like the only problem with it is if it's if it's okay. If it's average, mm -hmm. then it's a failure. That's the only way it's a failure. If it comes out and it's good, people will love it. And if it's so bad that it's unwatchable, people will love that it's so bad that it's unwatchable. People will love that it's a it's true to the original holiday special. Can I really do wish that Disney Plus would would make would release the like a, a high quality, a legit high quality version of this just for even just for like even just for like historical sake, like there needs to be this. This is something that there is a high quality version that exists. Carrie Fisher had it. She put it on at parties when she wanted people to leave. Like legit high quality. Yeah, that's, high, that's true. High, that's a true thing. That, that is a that is a story that I heard on another podcast where five people were yelling at each other. This um, one. Listening to that's, that's yeah, I, would, I would advise our listeners to go out and listen to any any instance of Carrie Fisher being like interviewed or her appearance on. Uh, right before she passed away, she was on a British panel show that I love called Eight Out of Ten Cats. That was hilarious. Or not? She was on Eight Out of Ten Cats and QI. She is just like the funniest woman on the planet. So you can watch. find the link. Send it to me. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she, like, there's just so many great interviews of her where she like admits to the holiday special and was like, yeah, it was shit. And she was like, yeah, I just had fun doing it. And I don't really remember doing most of it because I was high on coke, allegedly. Um. Uh, there is a part in this movie where I had the biggest smile. And I, I'm sure I couldn't have been the only one. I'm curious if Peter smiled at this part too. When he picks up the when the stormtrooper picks up the communicator, when he realizes the communicator sent all the other troops home because they got baffled by a little fucking Wookiee that somehow hacked into their system, and he picks it up and he throws it, and Lumpy just starts getting all upset, and I just had the biggest smile. <laughs> Fuck Lumpy, I can't be the only one. That was He's a child. Mike. You are you are a you, monster, Mike. You are an imperial stormtrooper, Mike. I, I uh, like the uh, Wilhelm scream. I like the Wilhelm scream. I thought that was at oh least they God. added that. Oh yeah, that <laughs> climactic showdown between Han Solo and that stormtrooper. Oh man, that best, I like that part. Best, best fight in the entire Star Wars saga. Not even Episode <laughs> One, Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan versus Darth Maul was so intense. You know really? what? Though, that's not that different from that's the one you go to. Okay. <laughs> Not that different uh, from it's the first one I thought about having <laughs> a scout trooper on the soldier. On oh, the yeah. Shoulder. I mean, not that much different than that, though. Like, they just throw him off the balcony. I mean, it was my, great. Well, I guess my no, favorite part of that don't is throw uh, him. He throws himself off the balcony. He throws he himself. My favorite part of that is the sound guy clearly forgot to put in any sort of sound effects there. And so he silently taps his shoulder, whacks the gun out of his hand. And you hear the balcony crack, but you don't hear any noise from the stormtrooper himself. Except <laughs> and so, like, you hear the balcony crack and the Wilhelm scream. It's like, oh, it's like the gun hitting the ground doesn't make a noise. Han Solo doesn't make a noise. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's why I can't tell if this was like this was either rushed or lazy or both. Or it's it like, both. Is it, it both that perfect combination of like people that were overworked and did not give a shit about making something good? It was Mixed. no, I. I, the, the issue, my understanding of the of it is is that uh, there were there were production troubles and that it was and perhaps it was overly ambitious. <laughs> well, that's that's certainly one way of saying it. I think I don't think, I don't think anybody wanted to. I don't. There wasn't a it wasn't a situation where people didn't care, or where I mean, yeah, I'm not playing that like nobody cared for this. this. 
George Lucas had a vision for this. I think the people no, George Lucas. the best they could. <laughs> George Lucas. Well, that's that's always a matter of debate because there's two stories there. There's the stories of the the production team of this and George Lucas's side. And I, I tend to lean towards the productions team side of this, where the production team sent George Lucas dailies um, from the holiday special. They sent him dailies, you know, every day. That's why they're called dailies. Um, so like <laughs> let him know what the let him know what like the production was looking like, let him know what everything was going like what everything going on was like. And apparently he just okayed it every single time. So their side is that I believe George it. Lucas did not yeah. give a shit. He was just saying, like, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. I, I so my understand my my understanding, and this is from this is from the stuff you should know podcast, which they do research, I think. <laughs> um that was that was more that like George Lucas was like, okay, I want there to be a variety show. I'm gonna pick this guy. I'm gonna have this guy who knows who did the son. I don't know. I don't know what it, the Brady Bunch Variety Hour or whatever. I don't know. I, uh, you know, and I and I'm just gonna trust him to to make it. You know, so I do think. I mean, George Lucas had an initial idea, but I think the production he was he was very hands off on the production. Well, that's so he, so he learned from that, and he made the and he made the prequels. <laughs> and made sure that he was he was extremely hands on, so that and that's and that's why those movies are so universally beloved now. Yeah, of course. Yes, yeah. sure. Universally you have to say, yeah. like, the, the, but that was your favorite uh, battle in all of Star Wars was uh, from Episode One. No, no, no. <laughs> that was the first one that came to my mind. I could have, I could have sent, I legitimately, Obi Wan versus like, Anakin in Episode Three. <laughs> I could have sent Kylo Ren versus Ray, versus Ray in Episode Seven. <laughs> Like Kendall said something controversial, and it's just all of us going. I don't know. Look, I, look, I understand that some people consider Episode One to be the best Star Wars movie. Personally, Empire is my favorite, but I, you know, I I respect I that. I respect Empire, that. Empire Empire is the best movie in the saga. A New Hope is my personal favorite. So Empire, my my list always goes Empire, then New Hope, yeah, Return of the Jedi. And I don't know where the new ones fit in. Just saying the original six. I, I After actually that, put immediately Force Awakens. Phantom Menace. I stand by Phantom Menace having a lot of good stuff in that movie. And the it's final movie. fight yeah. is great. Episode one. The best part about that movie is that fight that I mentioned earlier. That's... That fight is great. Also, yeah. if I don't care what anyone says, pod racing was cool as fuck. And we all know. So. Until you realize is. that it's just going left to right, left to right. <laughs> Well, that's NASCAR. Yeah, it's basically it's basically it's, NASCAR. It's NASCAR with stakes, even though I guess NASCAR has stakes too, but not not at NASCAR. Ninety percent of the racers don't not make it to the finish line. Ninety not well. Nobody uh, snipes okay. at you at NASCAR. Yeah, if NASCAR yeah, would be a lot better if at the end of the race racing. only two cars made it, that would be awesome. Pod racing sucks because Sabova always wins until <laughs> so he doesn't. Until so, he doesn't. Until he's one of the ninety percent that don't make it to the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you guys saying we would. Let's face it. If there was a sport like NASCAR, where at the end of the race two cars passed the finish line and the other eighty cars were exploded, <laughs> bloody wrecks, we would watch that shit every day. Do you know how much money I had on Ben Quadranero? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Mike, what were you saying? Please save us from this. Uh, I was gonna say, yeah, Skywalker was... crosses the finish line. A woogie bongo. My favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi, but I haven't rewatched all of them. This is from my childhood. I love Return of the Jedi. So 
I just I think you Return of the Jedi doesn't hold up at all. It's the I, worst. I love the space battle in Return of the Jedi. It is. I know that the Rogue One kind of overtook it a little bit, uh, a lot, I want to say, but I still think that it's a very good scene, especially when you cut the ground power, the ground parts, and just leave the space battle, and it's a trap! I say, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are perfect movies in my mind. They're absolutely perfect. I would say Empire Strikes Back more so than A New Hope. I just... Yeah, absolutely. Sure. A, new, a New Hope for me, is what introduced me to Star Wars. You know, even though I was born in the 90s, I saw it in the theater when they rerun it. And ever since then, I've become enamored with this universe. So <laughs> you, that's why it, it holds such a special part uh, of my life, because I've watched it more than any other of the Star Wars films as well. So I, I can say without a doubt, I've watched those two movies more than any other movie in my oh, life. Yeah. Because uh, Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope, my grandmother had those on VHS. Back yeah. in the old days before the special editions. And so <laughs> I would like whenever I was at her house, I would watch A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back like back to back after school. So I think those are like the first movies I ever watched. And I still watch them like once a year, at least at the very least. Oh, I do have a funny story about Return of the Jedi that I want to share on here. <laughs> um, Peter will know what I'm talking about once I start going. So when the first time I saw Return of the Jedi in theaters, I was going through a phase where I was terrified of movies. Right. Yeah. For what? a dumb reason. And when I, uh, I remember when I saw Return of the Jedi, we got that's... we got to the Rancor part. I had to leave. I don't remember what year this was when the special editions came out in theater. I had to leave. I couldn't I couldn't do it. I was Hold terrified. Hold on. Hold on. You can't just say that and yeah. not unpack it. He says it so nonchalantly, like I was Oh, you know, you were afraid. Movies, like, huh? You were afraid of the concept of movies. I don't know. <laughs> or let you know, it scary. Okay. Like, hello, like, everybody. Welcome back to. You were more scared <laughs> by <laughs> I mean, Peter remembers when I saw Jurassic Park the first time at my house, and he brought over the VHS. Yeah. I had to leave when the lawyer got eaten. Right. And... I do remember that. Okay. You, knew, you so, hadn't seen it. But you knew. It was okay, dumb. that's a scary so, scene for yeah. a kid so in the nineties. You 90s, were more but... frightened. By scary scenes in movies at that period right. in your life. The yeah. way you said it was, I'm afraid of movies. Of like, movies like, I was. Like, I was scared to see a movie in theater. Roaring, <laughs> the lion starts roaring. And, like, the <laughs> producer Metro credits come up, man. and you're just like, I gotta go. I can't be here right now. It's God, <laughs> I saw the movie The Phantom, and I went with an older friend of mine who was who like got me all psyched out thinking the movie was gonna be worse. And then like for about a year, a couple, like maybe a year or two years, I was just terrified of going to the movie. Wait, the came out like 2009, didn't it? No, not that. Oh, no, no, no. Let's I'm find out. Saying, no, no, you were terrified of movie. I'm thinking about something thinking about the spirit. Uh, the spirit, yeah. 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 That would be really funny. That would be really... Uh, it would be funny, <laughs> though, if when if when Mike was 22, he was a very <laughs> like, like, you see Billy Zane walking down the street, and you're just like, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> it's just like curling up in a ball. You just shut down. <laughs> the Phantom came out in 96. So I was yeah. nine years old. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard anybody. I still don't. The Phantom movie. Uh, welcome to our number five of the, the dissecting what the hell happened to Mike as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is worse just... than anything I've ever said by far. <laughs> ah. oh, I've said worse on this podcast, I'm sure. This ain't that bad. Check the I just tapes. had to bring him. Check but the, the whole tape. thing with the Rancor just terrified me. I remember I had to get out of the theater and I sat outside the door waiting until the scene was over 
<laughs> and it was for Peter's birthday party or something, right, Peter? That what it what, what we saw it for? To the I mean, to the best of my knowledge, that was what twenty two years ago. But uh, I think <laughs> it was. It sounds right to me. A long time ago, <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. But yeah, and and because I only went and saw Return of the Jedi, I think you saw all of them when they when they came out in theaters. I did, yeah. <laughs> to the local real cinemas <laughs> <laughs> can they sit through the entirety of jurassic park this was 1997 <laughs> that's when it came out in theater so that's when right. this happened yeah it sounds about right i was 10 i should not have been terrified of the rancor wow <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's i give you props for admitting it uh I on the podcast it's right very now. brave of you yeah, right so seat. brave can be scary you know what it's it's like a stop motion giant monster i can see how people would be frightened by it i don't know i was a kid and i wasn't scared of that the jurassic <laughs> park the, the jurassic park t-rex eating the lawyer now that part uh, i guess it's under the <laughs> rain and it, for laughs we're gonna find out that, like the rest of us are just like bloodthirsty monsters and mike <laughs> is the only one that's normal. i still hate horror movies to this day like i don't like watching them they still creep me out yeah, I married a woman yeah. that has a Freddy Krueger on her tattoo of Freddy Krueger on her arm. So hey, sorry to podcast with two people that love horror. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Our favorite games are like Silent Hills, Stalker, Resident Evil. We watched. Like, I can tell you for a fact that Stephanie and I both watched collectively like four or five Nightmare on Elm Streets this Halloween. <laughs> All right. Any last things we want to say about Star Wars Holiday Special? Oh, we didn't. We should talk we, about the ceremony. We have to talk about uh, the ceremony. We have to talk about the end. Do we? we yes. Yeah. Because we're never doing this again. It's, uh, it's like this is where the movie goes full fever dream, and nothing makes sense. And okay, how did they end up there? Like, don't they? Like, it shows a no. scene of them walking across the space. There, and they walk into a different dimension, like filled okay. with stars. And it wasn't just me. Have you have ever seen red... Star Trek the motion picture? <laughs> and this is walls. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have. Stars, they, they all pull a Star Trek motion. That was like... That was oh, like God. The, Star that was Trek Steve Finder's uh, Your Move <laughs> to whoever did uh, Star Trek motion picture. I don't know. Terrible uh, movie. Wait, uh, what year did Star Trek the motion picture come out? A long Long. I think right after no, this. No, 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 no. It was, it, was it was post Star Wars. It was, was it post... Yeah. It was. Okay. Oh no! Yeah, it was. It was the year after. It was seventy nine. So yeah. motion picture stole that from the holiday special. <laughs> oh god! No wonder I also hate that movie. Oh, oh, my the first god. one's terrible. The Star Trek motion picture is garbage. Yes, I yes. I, I yes. really enjoy the motion picture. But no, I like it too. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I hate it. I like the second one. Okay, but I hate I like Robert Wise. is is really good. All right. Back to Star Wars. Wars. We're in a different dimension. We all the Wookiees are dressed like it's the Handmaid's Tale, and they're all walking. (laughs) I think that was a joke Peter made earlier that I'm stealing. It was me, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, they're all dressed like Handmaid's Tale. They're walking down their their bridges, their tree bridges, and suddenly they're in a different dimension. It's like the most sappy, over-the-top ending ever, where it's like they get there and they're like, oh, Chewbacca finally made it home and he's celebrating Life Day with his family. Oh, and Han's here too. Oh my God, and Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia. It's, and, oh, and, and Luke's here and the robots and everyone's here. <laughs> oh, did they get here? Uh, it was, no. they got there for the, uh, they're there they, for the actual celebration, you know? They all Chewbacca, came. To, Chewbacca was there for Christmas Eve and then they all met at the church. No, for the Life Christmas Day. Day. It's not Christmas Eve. It's, <laughs> it's a metaphor. Like, 
It's a metaphor. <laughs> no, it's a metaphor Thanksgiving. Metaphor life day. <laughs> but Carrie Fisher decides that she's going to co-op Life Day, and she wrote a song that everybody has to listen to for Life Day. And they all just sit there and watch her sing it until the film decides she's done singing and it starts playing the Star Wars music over that and fades her out. Like, no, no, that's not how I see it. She yeah. sings She sings her song. She sings her song and it culminates in the Star Wars main theme. So you're hearing her and you're like, and she's singing, we celebrate the day. And then and then you start to hear in the background, you're like, whoa. And it's like, whoa, it's the Star Wars main it's theme. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. And then they cut clips from the movie, and it's like, oh my gosh, this was all worth it. This is the coolest thing. It's, it's no. like, I mean, in the 70s, I did the I prank ever where they're like, surprise, asshole, you were watching Star Wars the whole time. <laughs> like, they fade her out. They just fade her out. She I doesn't say, finish the song. Oh my god, it's over. I'm done. I mean, that did come out when I finished this last night. But, but you know, I was... are we sure those aren't the lyrics to the Star Wars theme? I mean, <laughs> well, we have lyrics to the Cantina song, so maybe they just <laughs> lyricized the Star Wars thing. Actually, there's a British uh, comedian who was on. Uh, was it? It was. There's a British comedian who was on eight out of ten cast does Countdown, which is a British panel show, and. He wrote songs to like star. He wrote lyrics to the Star Wars theme and to like the Jurassic Park theme. I wish I could remember them. They're so fucking funny. Jurassic Park one is like, um, oh my god, it's a dinosaur. Yes. Okay, my <laughs> best friend sent me that the other day. Yeah, <laughs> I listened to that. I had never listened to it, and it's amazing. It's really funny. <laughs> so it's yeah. entirely possible, yeah, that Jesus Carrie Fisher was just like, words. a dinosaur. I don't know something like that. <laughs> That's, I'll have to look it up after this. It's really Chris good. Chris Leia's song at the end is awesome. That's all I'm saying. It's, uh, I, uh, it's, I was, uh, was going to cover it on the ukulele, but I could not do it justice because you, uh, I didn't have a full orchestra to swell. That's, because you didn't have enough coke? I want to emphasize, this is not a... The, the orchestra playing here, it is not like a recording of... Like, they didn't like they didn't sync up the Star, the Star Wars soundtrack. They recorded a full orchestra and, and scored out this entire thing. I mean, I know that there's, there are themes that are repetitive, but this is not, I mean, they were not, this is, this is not them putting it in a jukebox or whatever. Like they wrote, they, there's an orchestral score for this thing. It, like it's, it's. Well, John Williams actually they had John Williams on board for it. Like, but I think at that point he had made so much money off star Wars that he was like, I guess I kind of have to contractually show up and, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part though is while she's singing they do a fade in like vignette shot of harrison ford and luke and and mark hamill and the looks like both those little vignettes are my favorite thing ever because there's this constant joke where that vignette of harrison ford you can see the moment he stopped caring yeah <laughs> and when they show mark hamill as luke it's like him looking to the side like mark, mark hamill harrison ford is looking like right at the camera Mark Hamill is looking off to the side and you only see one part of his face and the other part of his face is like hidden and it's shadowed and there's hair over it because that's the part that got fucked up. It's, it's so obviously trying to hide it. It's like the only way they could get a close up is if they got him to look a very specific angle and covered half his face and just threw a shitload of makeup on there. It is way too much makeup. It looks it's, terrible. Yeah. It's so funny to me. It's I laugh so watch, hard. Did you watch this on a 12-inch black and white TV in 1978? You wouldn't that's, have been able to see that. That's true, yeah. I mean, they did a good job. It's just when the, you know, 
when people find ways to to make this high definition, it suddenly looks terrible. But then, oh, the, then the, I, okay, I do want to say something when you're done with that. The way the way the movie decides it's gonna end is we're gonna fade out Carrie Fisher, we're gonna fade in the Star Wars theme, and then we're gonna do a Conan the Barbarian style ending with Chewbacca staring at the screen. Oh, yeah. While archive footage of the first movie, random had... footage that has very little to do with Chewbacca. Some stuff is like, oh, it's like it's like Luke seeing the Millennium Falcon for the first time and Chewie and Han are there. Or it's like Chewie winning the... You know when Chewie wins Dejaric, that's like his thing in the first movie. That's his big moment. So that plays. But then it's like just scenes of Alec Guinness. It's like, well, why does Chewie give a shit about Alec Guinness? Look at all this that you could be watching instead of this piece of crap. <laughs> but you couldn't be watching it. You couldn't be watching it because it was not available on home video. Yeah. So so if you if you couldn't see Star Wars in the movies, God. this was just like a reminder, like, hey, remember this awesome scene from the movie? Like, I mean, I they literally sold. I, I, I was at I was at a in a, the half price books a, a few months ago. You could buy a vinyl that was just the audio of. <laughs> of the move of the movie because i mean this was this is what you did when you couldn't yeah. when you when you couldn't just watch it at any time so i mean this is this is a, a little taste of star wars in a world that that, that all you had was one movie 1982 <laughs> i'm not laughing at you i'm watching the out. end of the movie again by the way oh <laughs> boy and i'm just laughing at the archive footage they play they play the scene one of the archive footage scenes is when was when Obi-Wan is fighting Darth Vader and he realizes that he's going to sacrifice himself and become a force ghost and he smiles. And the only reason they show that is because Chewie was in the background of that shot and he kind of goes like, ah, like, no. And that's the only reason it's in there. Uh, and then it's just a still image of Chewie staring at the camera. And all I can imagine is how great would it be if it ended like uh, Conan the Destroyer and it was just Chewie staring at the camera aging until he became a withered skeleton <laughs> oh god no, no please. like the next 50 years of chewie's life go by <laughs> oh but then it's the, the hidden endings yeah <laughs> i yeah this fucking yeah oh, I hate it. god. it's so I hate it. <laughs> it's so fucking weird it's i mean i i do remember the first time i heard about it was randomly like people telling me it existed and i was like what the fuck are you talking about i do that's like that's how i found out you know, I mean, the internet was around, of course, but that's how I found out this movie first existed. Like, I think that's also kind of funny, too. I but all oh, because of Nostalgia Critic and Chris Stuckman doing videos on it. That's the only way that I knew about it. Otherwise, I would have never known about it. My uh, my middle school band director's husband had it on VHS. I, I never saw it, but she made reference to it. So it was always on my radar. But yeah, like growing up, it was like because we, you know, I we, you could you could you could get. Video, download video but it was really difficult to download video online and yeah so i i didn't see it i didn't actually see it until a couple years ago i saw oh. a copy of it at a friend's house so he had it on dvd as well and he was like hey you want to watch some star wars and i was like fuck yeah and fuck I, yeah star it. wars <laughs> lightsabers oh, laser swords oh, oh, one thing the funny i didn't remember what i <laughs> what I wanted to say earlier is that the copy that we are watching on YouTube, which if anyone, if you search Star Wars Holiday Special, that's going to pop up. When you're watching it, it says broadcast from Dayton, Ohio. I was just laughing because Kendall's from Ohio. Yes. Cracking yes. Me up. <laughs> I was like, oh, so Kendall's the one who put this on yeah. here. Dayton, Dayton, Ohio is my is my mother's hometown, actually. Uh, 
it's about an hour. It's about an hour from here. Was she involved <laughs> in the holiday special? No. no. She in the, the Wazen troop or whatever the name is. The, uh, the weird Cirque du Soleil people that show up for some reason. Oh, we didn't mention that thing. That's yeah. One thing we skipped over, which I'm Just almost okay with. Somehow forgot to mention Do the we Cirque du Soleil furries. I, I need to know that I wanted to turn off the machine and Tiff looked at me like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, I don't know. It's, know. it's like worse than if somebody walked in on you watching porn. Walk in on you watching the holiday special. It's like, you no, I swear. Like, I thought it was okay. porn. I'm sorry. You should have let let Tiffany watch it with you. Or, or... She did. She fell did asleep she... midway through this. She I just was passed okay. out. Okay, I was also falling asleep like a half an hour in. I was like, oh, God. Oh, I'm at the edge of my seat. I, I, I still need one more hour of this shit. All right, I think we should go to Shelfer Box at this point. I think we said enough about this movie. We actually had this recording before editing has hit longer than the movie at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, like, if we did this for another 10 years, nonstop recording, it would feel like it was as long as the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, Kendall, why don't you go first for Shelfer Box? Shelf, it's, I mean, I, yes. Surprise, surprise. I, I actually, I, I was really, really close to. Um, so I've shown this movie to my in-laws. I haven't shown it to my parents, but I think that I think that uh, that's going to be an, an sometime this holiday season. I may have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hate them. But I mean, my freaking cat's named Akmina. I'm I'm definitely going to um, one of these days buy the uh, buy the 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 forty five of the Jess of the Jefferson Starship song. That's uh, that's a thing. <laughs> But no, I I freaking love this thing. Like I said, it's 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 one of the only times that we see the Empire really being like fascistic and evil. Like it does so much for the lore. It's also su- like just a such an interesting piece of of history of a snapshot in time. I mean, the freaking yeah, the, the good night but not goodbye is such a fucking good song. It's so <laughs> so great. It's it's so great, so entertaining. Plus, like plus like you. You play it for people and they just either and they just like look at you funny. It's like the first time I saw Napoleon Dynamite. Like it's it's amazing. But you just compared a good movie with a terrible movie. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I want to point out which. that. Um, <laughs> I don't even take it either way. I want to point out that uh, since we're recording this on Skype, I'm seeing Emmanuel's picture looking at Kendall explaining this. And it's so perfect. It's so <laughs> Emmanuel's picture just looking so like accusingly and confused. Well, Kendall explains why he genuinely likes this movie. I had so, not noticed that actually. I was trying not to laugh. Fucking for those, Wars, that, for those that can't yeah. see, it's a picture of Emmanuel like looking questioningly off to the side. Uh for those that can't, don't have the Skype call in front of them like us, but it's perfect. Just know that. Most people, I'd hope. Yeah. <laughs> I realized it halfway through it. I, was, I just like, could not stop laughing. That thing is, I was literally about to say, it's a good thing that there's no video because I'm just shaking violently in my head right now. Eventually. But of everything that is coming out of this man's mouth. I'm glad we found the one person who like genuinely likes this movie. I know, that's uh, what's perfect. You, you I, I my... didn't. Yes. I was going to. Oh, well. I was going to say, I, I, I'm just going to preempt you and say, I, I kind of agree with Kendall because I do have a DVD, so it might as well be on my shelf. But I would I would definitely show it to people, and I definitely want to show it to people and say, here's a time capsule of Star Wars right after it was big, and here here's what the, the fever brought for us. 
Mm, what we'll do is we'll get you a little TV, bring it yeah. to your work at half price books, and you can just play that all day and see if people are like, what the hell is this? That's where I got it. That's where I got the DVD from. <laughs> Somebody sold sell- it for some reason. Half price books bought a bootleg? That's interesting. <laughs> well, if it's collectible enough, then there might be some <laughs> might wow. be some justification to selling it. No, I, I I don't, you know, I'm not, no, no judgment. It's just, they're usually, they usually wouldn't buy bootlegs, I would think. This movie doesn't have official release, so I guess yeah. that's why. <laughs> George Lucas made damn sure that there was never an official release of this show. It's funny that even after they sold to Disney, that Disney hasn't, like, like, I this want- is something that even Disney won't touch. They, like, even Disney won't go back and re-release, or at least they haven't yet. I was actually I mean, going to ask. Been- if it wasn't on Disney Plus, released the Tartakovsky series. So, I've well, never seen those either. Oh, those are really good. You've never seen them? They're they're oh. so. Good. Oh, you know, you wouldn't like them because there's no because you can't understand the dialogue for the first like twenty minutes. <laughs> well, once, once so uh, you know, Song of the South comes out, then maybe the South. Uh, they, uh, oh, no, 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 no. We okay. forgot talking about the fucking no, Wookiee no. noise, and we forgot to mention that during the ceremony, when all the Wookies are looking at Carrie Fisher and walking there. All the Wookiees are making noise. All of them are saying things in Wookiee speak. And it's like, it like drowns out the voice. Like, if you had voices in your head, this would cure you. (laughs) It's like, it's like somebody just took the Chewbacca noise and copy and pasted it 50 times and played them all over top of one another. It's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I hate it. It's, it's it's actually this is uh this is a, a true fact is that's the noise they used to um to interrogate and torture ISIS members in Guantanamo because that's the only thing that will drive you insane in so, less than a minute. So when I um when when I did the, the last time I did a podcast about the um the holiday special, it was for my show. We did a bonus episode of a show that I did called War and Beast about Beast Wars, and uh, I used to pull sound clips. That I would oh, then no. play into the into the thing, <laughs> and I kept the. I had one. It actually, I think it was it was in the be, it was the very beginning where there's like the music and then the Wookiees growling at each other, and I'd be like, "There's a sound clip that I that I pulled from this, you know, this really good speech that Rhinox made," and then oh, I no. hit play, and it'd be the <laughs> like. It's, it's, <laughs> we should. We should we we should try to recreate it. All five of us should do our no. best Wookiee impression. Oh god, it's <laughs> gonna be horrible. Kill our listeners. Are there ever are there even any listeners at this point? I think <laughs> at this point, if you're still listening, I don't you know if we even should. I want to, but it would Congratulations. be Congratulations. So we can do it. I'll, I'll give us a countdown. Oh god, this is gonna be horrible. All right, countdown. Everyone, do for like a good two seconds your best Wookiee as. Right into the mics oh, <laughs> to recreate God. the noise of of the holiday special. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, but okay. So so go back and play that again, but turn the volume all the way up to, to high. What did I reverse? The there may right. be some criminal message in there. If you have a few speakers, be sure to hold them up to your ears like headphones. Turn the treble all the way up. That's what always. That's yeah, what gets me about it. Is the is the is the EQs all messed up? And loop it for like a good like a good minute, a full sixty seconds. So I do. I do just. I I want to say like one because I told you that I heard about this thing and didn't watch it for years and years and years. 
So yeah. I did legitimate. And also the version that I downloaded when I downloaded it uh, in high school, I could only see like the first five minutes of <laughs> And so it was, it was literally just Wookiee stuff. And okay. I heard that, that sounds the right. first. And like, I literally heard people say the first 45 minutes is untranslated Wookiee talk. And and so I just assumed that that was literal. So when I saw it and it was only like five minutes, I was like, oh, this is perfectly reasonable. <laughs> it's just, yeah. All right. Who's the, who needs to box their shelf? Uh, Manuel, why don't you go next? I think you all know what the hell I'm doing with this piece of garbage. <laughs> I'm boxing it. Although I will say, because I, I will box it because I never want to see it again. The only way that I'm going to see it again is if I bring my my trusty co-hosts from my live streams, Mythos and G, and just subject them to watch this, and we have a drinking game or something, like every time that that they say life day or something, have a shot or something, we're going to end up die, dying at You'll the end dead. of thing. Yeah, I know. But that's the only way that I'm watching it again. Otherwise, box, burn it, throw it off a cliff. I don't know. What? <laughs> I'll, I'll go next. I know Sue will have a lot to say, so I'm going to go next. I think it's obvious this is going in the box. Much as I love Star Wars, and I love Return of the Jedi and many other movies that some people might not, <laughs> Kendall, think are good movies or the best movies of the series like I do, but <laughs> I this is garbage. I never how, want to see it again. Not like this, but like Return of the Jedi. I just don't understand. Because Return <laughs> of the Jedi is an actually good movie. Yes, it's not a great movie. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a real movie. It's got a plot. Real... It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Hey, I don't mind my cuddly bears. I don't like my cuddly bear named Lumpy talking. And I don't know. I'll handle. I can handle Ewok, but I couldn't handle Wookiee talk for ten minutes. I guess Lumpy's costume is way better than any Wookiee. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no. But this, no. I've I mean, never... not Wookiee Ewok. Sorry. Ewok. Is better than uh, Lumpy's costume. No. Is better than any of the Ewoks. Oh, no, Jabba, Jabba. he's definitely better than a majority of the Ewoks. But Lumpy oh. looks like Lumpy looks like something happened to him when he was younger. No, I think no. I just I just strongly disagree. I think Lumpy and and Mala both their costumes are just both excellent. Like they have uh, freaking uh, uh, the the Ewoks look worse than. The original Sonic the Hedgehog design. No, no, no. 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 Also, when of... the Ewoks open their mouths, you can't see human faces in them. <laughs> I never saw that, so I... I'm surprised you guys didn't. I spotted it a couple might... times. I kind of want to go back and and check that out, but at the same time, I never want to actually hit play again on this thing. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of, it's a tough decision right there. Like it's hard. Like I I'm curious, but at the same time, I'm no. not. I'm seeing if Mike, I can find it. Right, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Curiosity okay. killed the Wookiee, didn't you know? <laughs> but yeah, it's going in the box. Never again. I did it once for this podcast just because we made a stupid comment many and months I ago and Emmanuel reminded me. <laughs> so, box, how about you, Stu? So this whole this this thing holds a special place in my heart. Oh god. Because I I'm one of those dark. people that I love Star Wars and I love I love when things are bad. I love bad movies. Either intentional or not. Well, that's not true. I love unintentionally bad things and bad games. We've, uh, I think, we've <laughs> and bad games. That. And I think this that this fulfills both quotas in spades. <laughs> it is, it's Star Wars. It's so Star Wars because it's like it's it's the perfect Star Wars thing to come out after A New Hope. Just that perfect little. That perfect little indication of what well, Star I'm Wars not... was going mm-hmm. to be. I don't think this is a perfect movie. No, no, but it was a perfect encapsulation of what Star Wars was going to be. (laughs) It was, this is Star Wars, we're going to market the fuck out of it. 
And I mean, I think it's like comparable to like Solo. Uh, <laughs> it's a good movie. I like another good movie. I like parts of this too, but for different reasons. I like no, Solo's Solo. my number three, so Solo I think has... it should be number four probably. Solo yeah. has legitimately good moments in it. The Star Wars Holiday Special has like one legitimately good moment, and well, that's not true. Like the whole the the joke about Tatooine and B. Arthur's song in the Tatooine sketch are both legitimately good things that happened. The rest the of only... it. Like, the only good moment is when the credits roll and it was over. That was the only yeah. good moment in this entire the cartoon, thing. The cartoon? No, you guys? Cartoon, really? See, I like the rest so of it okay. because cartoon. of how weird it is. Because somebody had to sit down and make the decision of, okay, this part's going to be a cartoon. And somebody had to ask why. And they presumably didn't answer and just did it anyway. <laughs> like I, There's so many stories of like the back and forth between the production and George Lucas and so many stories of like from Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher about being on the set of this and everyone just being like so laissez-faire about any sort of attitude to making this like we don't give a shit we're just this is like a variety show we're just throwing it out there <laughs> and like saying like the production changed halfway through and suddenly it became a legitimate production and they had to give a shit <laughs> and they still like were in a huge rush to get it ready for the holiday season this is one of those things, too, where I think if you're a Star Wars fan, you should watch it at least once. You should sit mm. down and you should watch the holiday special. I don't know why. But <laughs> I you don't should. know why either, but sure, whatever. I think just to say you've experienced it. And the best part of the holiday special is sitting down with other people and having them experience it for the first time. While it's, with a drink in hand. Yes. The holiday special yes. brings people together. <laughs> no. Much well, like us together. Much no, like a tragedy, okay. much like the, the Hindenburg crashing, people are brought together. <laughs> okay. Okay, Stu, go to sleep, man. Go to In times of intense oh. terror. Oh, God. We're brought together. Oh. We're all human. At the end of the day, we're all human. Did you say what you were going to do with it? This is definitely going very high on my shelf. I, oh, I, coming. I love what the holiday special is. Mike, you and I, we are the only science of of truth and justice. Well, I don't necessarily agree with Peter <laughs> and Kindle. I don't necessarily love this because I think it's good. I love it because it's bad, because it was rushed, <laughs> because it had so many problems, and because there were so many decisions that were very confusing. God, oh, no. I have a, a quote from George Lucas where they <laughs> asked him about the special in 2005, and he <laughs> says, the special from 1978 really didn't have much to do with us, you know. I can't remember what network was on, but it was a thing that they did. We kind of let oh. them do it. It was done by... I can't even remember who the group was, but they were variety TV guys. We let them use the characters and stuff, and that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, but you learned from those experiences. I was high when I did this. That fucking liar. He actively sought them out. <laughs> and then nobody, no, like, I'm amazed that this movie wasn't directed by uh, Alan Smithy. It, it, like, the fact that anyone will take any credit for it is amazing. <laughs> like, All right, I think Parker it's time that we wrap up this. Credit for it. David Acombo, like, yeah. chat with George Lucas. <laughs> We've been going for far too long. I feel like my soul has just gone off to the head. For anyone who's who's still here, our normal episodes are nothing like this. This was chaos because chaos is the only way to talk about the holiday oh, no. special. It, it this is longer chaos. than the holiday special itself. It, yes, it, it is. There was a point when you went away, Mike. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that we became a ravaging pack of hyenas. So you're like tearing each other apart. <laughs> 
Uh, I had to, yeah. That's no, how long this has been going. No host means we are killing ourselves. <laughs> uh, so anyone who is yeah, so there are no episodes nothing like this, but I hope you did enjoy it. And before we do, if you guys want to follow each uh Kendall, if you want to go first and give a quick shout out about your show. Yeah, so uh you, I do lots of stuff, but uh I'll just I we're just finishing up our Star Wars roundtable on the Kendall Cast uh, podcast feed. Um, Kendallcast.ninja or just Kendallcast. Uh, be a link. My buddy, my buddies, and I, uh, we are all big Star Wars fans, and uh, did our best all year to watch a movie once a month, and then come, get together and review it. And I try to get them to not talk about the Last Jedi, but you know, it happens. <laughs> um, we get very opinionated. I, I'm right about most things. I think mm, I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I <sir>. also disagree. <laughs> if you disagree with me, then you'll like the other three hosts on that pod on the star on the Kendall cast Star Wars. Yeah, I agree. They're much have much better opinions than Kendall does about Star Wars. I've realized uh, after listening to them all. <laughs> I will take Mike's word for it and say I agree. They're with pretty it. good. Yeah. But also, I do want to make a joke about Kendall's podcast because I was because in the opening, nothing but Star Wars. Star Wars. Because he has uh, other uh, other Star Wars stuff too. If they should buy wars, let Star Wars stay. <laughs> yep, that's yeah, that's in the intro. But also, uh, but also the the disclaimer, the B. Arthur's disclaimer is in the intro. Nice. The, this this, podcast, <laughs> or this this transmission is un, unrehearsed and unedited. Also, that's what that was from in your opening <laughs> of your podcast. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unrehearsed unedited also there's a dance number <laughs> also the podcast unrehearsed well it's edited but unrehearsed that's for sure yeah actually, i mean i edit the podcast too but i'm pretty sure that that transmission also was edited so <laughs> yeah but pretty sure i let it go right. without further comment to its lack of moral value <laughs> i think it's a uh, not another teen movie at some point where they're like like everyone does a big dance number and one of the characters literally sings like how come everyone knows these advanced steps to this choreographed song when none of us have ever done this before? <laughs> um, Peter, how about you? Uh, follow me on Twitter at PeterBP and read The Fifth Civilization, available now on Amazon. Okay. I really should do that to myself, Consider I've known you for, what, over 25 yeah. years? I really, you really should, should buy your books. <laughs> you really should. I, I really should. I'm like, oh, you know, one of these days I should buy it and have them sign it. And Emmanuel, how about you? Where can people find you at? Well, people can find me over at twitch.tv slash Commander Lionheart. I'm currently going through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, also, you can go at <laughs> youtube.com slash Commander Lionheart because I will have a video of my reaction to the entirety of the holiday special. I mean, not oh, the man. entire, not the entirety, but just, you know, select parts here and there where I wasn't falling asleep. I mean, you part. drinking heavily? Uh, Why? You will not you will not see me drinking because I never found that bottle of wine that I told you about. So, uh, you know, well, otherwise I probably would have. Oh, uh, part of all this is that Fallen Order came out and Mike had us watch this. It was like, it's like yeah. he's trying to bring balance to the force. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fallen Order, one of the best Star Wars games to come out in a long time. Oh, yeah. It, it's finally... like, I, I've only played two hours of it, granted, but it, it's so I'd, far pretty great. I'd go so far as to say it's it's the best Star Wars game to come out this year. <laughs> i i have no comment on that is it the only star wars game right exactly that's the okay one. that's that's the joke, joke. That's yeah. right. yeah. <laughs> mike i know that you've had a couple 
I'm, I'm, willing, uh, I'm willing to go eight <laughs> years on that. I'm willing to say it was the best Star Wars game to come out in eight years. <laughs> hey, Force Unleashed is a good game. First one. <laughs> I don't know. When first, that first definitely came out more than eight years ago. That first it? one, again. Oh, God, are you... Okay, yeah, for, the first We're one, all one old, it came out in 2007, I want to say, because yeah. it was, uh, oh. I have it, and it's still when the PlayStation 3 logo is on the on the sides instead of on the top, so that's... <laughs> it, wasn't it really, isn't there a PlayStation 2 version of yes, it? Yes, there is also a PlayStation 2 Are version sure? and a PSP version yeah, of it. Because uh, the Wii version is a port of the PlayStation 2 version. And the PSP version is different from all the other versions as well, so... Yes. Uh, Here's here. I'll make you feel really old, Mike. Star Wars: The Force Unleashed two came out nine years ago. Yeah, that one came oh, out. I, nine years earlier. It's a yeah. bad game. Second one. Like, bad game. Yeah, I think the second one's still I, good. I've never actually played the second one, even though I've played the the, the first one. Well, I just got memory wrong. It wasn't nearly as good as the first one, but it was okay. I couldn't get the hang of the stylus controls on on Force Unleashed two. Yeah. Wait, I stylus? S in wait the S. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I, I tried to play it on DS. Oh, God. Yeah, there was a DS and there was an iOS. You had to, you, the different force powers you'd use with the stylus. Also, now that you mentioned that, I bet that Mike is going to add it to his list of, oh, uh, portable, port, portable versions of games that we should play on the podcast. Hmm. No, I wouldn't oh, wait to First Force Unleashed, I do want to play, but the PS3 360 version. Oh, but I do have a funny story. Since for anyone still listening, I'm going to throw this in because I'll probably <laughs> never get the chance otherwise. Since you brought up Force Unleashed, and I used to work at Target, I remember some kid wanted to buy Force Unleashed on Wii, and I was young and stupid. I'm like, no, you don't want to buy that. You want to buy Lego Batman. It's a better game. And the guy's like, no, I want that. And I'm like, no, you really don't want this. You want, And he bought Force Unleashed. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have did that. I got fired a few months later. Not for that. But uh, <laughs> oh, it was always a joke. And I remember like, yeah, I wasn't it's very good boy. No, I got fired for leaving my area to put away an item. Or no, leave my area to go help a customer because nobody would answer the damn walkie when I called and tried. And they saw me they happen to walk by like oh you left your area i'm like nobody would help the customer i didn't have a choice but to leave electronics and i got fired for that uh yeah the, uh, companies are uh, garbage sometimes you know that uh, was all yeah. my, my position disappeared after i after they let me go they didn't refill it for over a year so they were just it was also during the time of the recession in 2008 uh, 2009 okay so that's part that was a big part of it, i think they were just trying to save money that didn't help but oh man this is the most you know, this episode has been the most chaos we've ever had, but it's perfect oh. to go along with the holiday special chaos. <laughs> yeah, it, it it it's I don't know, man. It blends together so so smoothly. We should uh, <laughs> it's should like end the, the show by singing "Goodnight but Not Goodbye" while while thinking about Gary Fisher, Carrie Cons- Fisher's French bulldog that can't keep its tongue in his mouth. Considering that I don't know the lyrics, I don't think that that's a good. Well, idea. I have good news for you. I just oh, copy no. and pasted them. Oh, fuck. I was gonna say I have. Oh no! I Why can, did I, I can accompany it. Oh, oh go. do it! Oh do it. god, he brought that ukulele. <laughs> oh, you know what? I feel like that should be the intro to this episode. Do you have a version of that? I'm yeah, just not yeah. kidding. Okay. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll send it to you. I, okay. I, <laughs> so, so everybody yelling. who does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start singing unless someone else wants to take over for this. Uh, I gotta count us in. Jeez. One, okay. two, three. Just one, one more round, round. friend. Don't, don't forget me in your dreams. Dream. Just, Just one, one more round. 
friend. friend. And then and so long. And so long, friend. friend. We are all under it. <laughs> nice guys. It's shorter, it seems. Just one more crime, friend. Yes, it's a crime, friend. But you know I, friend. I Bye.